All right, before we get started today, just let me impress upon you that if you like this podcast, how important it is for you, not just to listen to it, you know, obviously listen to it is the main important thing, but also to make sure you hit the like button, uh, subscribe, um, if, uh, if, if you're on like uh, YouTube uh, or wherever you can leave comments or reviews, like on Apple or the iTunes app and stuff, uh, leave a review, even if you just be like, good job or whatever, just something, even if it's like two words or you can just say, fuck you, whatever. Because um, all that stuff helps um, with these stupid fucking algorithms. It helps uh, um, if they see more activity like that, it, it pushes the, the podcast up uh, and uh, gets it out to more people. So uh, just uh, make sure you, you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment if you can. Uh, you know, I know that depends on where you're listening to it, but uh, all that stuff really helps. And if you're looking for motorcycle parts, you need to hit up Old Bike Barn um, at oldbikebarn.com or uh, check them out on Instagram at Old Bike Barn. Uh, they have all kinds of things that you need for fixing uh uh, customizing or your motorcycle, uh, but also, you know, all, all kinds of riding gear and whatnot. And uh, they have it all divvied up. You can, if you're looking for stuff specifically for a cafe racer or a chopper or whatever, you can look through those specific categories. Uh, they got stuff for your Harley and they definitely got a lot of stuff more than pretty much anyone else for your old Japanese motorcycle. So make sure you check them out, oldbikebarn.com. Um, and if uh, you are in the market for some CBD oil, um, you really need to check out the uh, stuff from uh, Crater Lake Clear. Um, they got all kinds of uh, different oils. I've They sent me a bunch. The only one I've tried so far is the chocolate mint one, and I use it at night before I go to bed, and I sleep like a fucking baby, and it, it works so good. Um, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I, I was out of the loop with COVID for a little bit, but I've been back at the gym and, uh, you know, not going to the gym for, for eight or nine days. Well, actually, sorry, no, like 10 days. Uh, I was on the, yeah, I had to, to uh, quarantine for 10 days. Not going to the gym for 10 days. You know how it is getting back into the grind, everything's sore and shit again. So it's helping with inflammation, soreness, but uh, definitely helping sleep. So check them out. They got all kinds of products. Uh, you need to check them out at um, www.cradlelakeclear.com. If you use the uh, promo code Big Truth at checkout, you get twenty five percent off your order. And speaking of, uh, you know, taking some money off your order, if you got a fucking dirty dingus, you know what you got to do. Especially now that summer's coming, it's gonna be a hot and swampy down there. No one wants a fucking a drippy grundle. So uh, check out the motherfuckers at manscaped.com. They uh, make a razor called the Lawnmower 3.0 that is made specifically to uh, to uh, groom in your nether regions. Uh, they got these, um, as you, you heard me say it before, they got these ceramic blades that uh, are uh, help uh, prevent nicks and cuts and rash, you know what I mean, down there. And, uh, you know, no one wants to see blood coming from down there. So uh, make sure you check them out, uh, manscaped.com, Lawnmower 3.0, uh, they got all kinds of other products too. They got a nose hair trimmer. They got a uh, regular uh, face razors. They got um, uh, all kinds of bombs and ointments and uh, things for testicular health and uh, and uh, things to help you uh, anti chafing stuff, which is good for the summer. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, check them out, manscaped.com. If you use the promo code Big Truth at checkout, you get twenty percent off your order and free shipping. So you know what I mean? Can't. Can't lose there. Um, and uh, 
you know, if you happen to, if you are riding, you know, people are going to be out on the roads a lot more now that spring is here. And I know some of you guys live in climates where you can ride all year and great for you. Good for you. Uh, but here we can't. But uh, we've been starting to see in some of those 50 degree days, uh, even in the 40s, we get all stoked now. And it's actually hit 60 a couple times. So if you're out riding, you beat. You happen to be in the unfortunate situation where you get into an accident. You need to check out LawTigers.com. Uh, they're a motorcycle law firm. Um, well, they're a law firm that specializes in motorcycle accidents, and they're, they are motorcycle riders, and they were founded by motorcycle riders for motorcycle riders. Uh, so check them out, LawTigers.com. And you can check them out on Facebook, and you type in Law Tigers plus the name of the state that you're in, and you will get in contact with the local office. Easy peasy, right? Uh, so just... For example, we're in Massachusetts. We would type in Law Tigers in Massachusetts into Facebook, and we would get in touch with the uh, Massachusetts office. Um, and, uh, you know, spring's coming. Time to get the wardrobe going. Uh, trying to get some new threads and, uh, you know, some clean stuff, you know. So check out my homies at Omerta. Uh, they make, there's one of the coolest uh, clothing brands out there. Um, they got all kinds of things for you, whether it's hoodies or uh, T-shirts, socks, scarves even though we're getting out of that weather um maybe find some on clearance i don't know uh i know they got a new uh collabo tea coming out with the business if you're familiar with the oi band from england um they were supposed to be on the podcast but uh the court the, their tour was canceled of course you know but hopefully uh when things get back to normal the uh business will get back out here to the states and uh, we'll have them here um but yeah, man, so check them out. They got all kinds of rad shit. Omertamia.com, O-M-E-R-T-A-M-I-A.com. Uh, they make the, the classic Stop Glorifying Rat shirt. And uh, for your kids, you can get the No One Likes a Tattletale shirt. Um, but check them out, omertamia.com, uh, on Instagram at omertamia, and uh, Facebook and all the social medias at omertamia. If you use the promo code Big Truth at checkout, you get 20% off your order. And, uh, well, actually, I think you get 25% off your order there. So, you know what? Win, 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 win. And, um, and while you're looking for clothes, if you're in a fucking super antisocial shit like fucking serial killers and vans and choppers and drugs and, uh, you know, psychedelic shit, fucking, I don't know, all kinds of, uh, you know, subculture, anti-social shit. You need to check out my man Zach's clothing company, Heavy. You probably already know, but make sure you do get over there. Heavy.bigcartel.com or on Instagram, it's at Heavy Clothing. Um, he's been buying up all the old 60s uh, light, uh, psychedelic light shows and stuff. So it's worth going to his page just to check out him fucking fucking around and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and projecting all kinds of weird fucking psychedelic shit on the wall. Uh, I, I love it. I don't know why it's so rad that, to me that he's buying those up. Um, and, uh, you know, while we're on this clothing streak, check out PitchforkNY.com. You know, if you don't know Pitchfork, they're a mainstay in the punk hardcore metal scene uh, for the last decade and a half. Um, but yeah, pitchforkny.com, Instagram, pitchforkny.com, uh, clothing company, also, um, a record label. They put out a, these, uh, limited edition, uh, on uh, different colorway vinyls, collectible colorway vinyls, uh, seven inches. It's called the back to school series, um, where they have uh, East coast band on one side of the record, a, a West coast band on the other side of the record. And, uh, no slouches, all super good bands. So check it out. Pitchforkny.com. My shop, Chop Ahead. Uh, www.chopahead.com. Spelt in the most mass hole of ways, of course. www.chop. 
P-P-A-H-E-A-D.com. We are a full-service motorcycle shop, Harley shop. Uh, So we do everything from an oil change to build you a full custom chopper. Um, I'm surrounded by three right now. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, we sell parts. We sell apparel. We sell riding gear. Um, you know, we got, we got a bunch of, uh, t-shirts and hoodies and whatnot. So check us out, chopahead.com. And, um, I got to do a promo code. I can't believe I've never done that. I just thought of that right now. Um, uh, next, next, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you when just, just go over there. No, I'm just kidding. Let me figure out a promo code and I'll, uh, and I'll, uh, post that up. Um, but yeah, it's so chopahead.com, Instagram at chopahead and, uh, Facebook is chopahead customs with a K. Uh, give us a follow, give us a like, and uh, check it out. Last but not least, obviously, just check out the bigtruthpodcast.com if you want more information on the show, or if, uh, you know, and every episode's up there, um, and uh, yeah, and if you really want to step up and help support, uh, check out uh, patreon.com slash bigtruth. Um, it's a way for you to financially support the podcast. We got four different tiers of uh, of uh, patrons on that, and um, they each have their own uh added benefits and whatnot. Um, and, uh, I got to give a big shout out to all the patrons, all the people that support on Patreon. Uh, I, uh, yeah, man, from the, seriously, like it's, I, 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 uh, I'm at a loss for words. I, I, it's, it's so rad to me that people dig this so much that they're voluntarily paying for something that we put out there for free. It helps so much and, uh, it's going to help, uh, help us grow, get the show going. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been helping pay all the bills for, uh, for, for running this thing. So I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, but enough rambling here. Let's get into today's episode right now. Yes, once again, we have liftoff. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the Big Truth Podcast, and I'm stoked to be here. Well, over the phone, still dealing with the COVID shit with my man Craig Ahead, who you might know from a band called Sick of It All. I can't even list all the bands you've been in. You've been in like every single. You've like you've been in every single band. Like you've been in like Agnostic Front, Crow Mags, Youth of Today, obviously Straight Ahead. Uh, fucking what? Rest in peace. What, yeah. What, what am I missing? <laughs> what am, what am la, I missing? La, la, a lot of lot of bands. I can't even remember. Uh, I did a. Uh, I was in this band, NYC Mayhem. Yeah. Uh, uh, Creep Division was my little side project I had going on. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't even remember all of them off the top of my head. But uh, a lot of hardcore over the years, you know. Absolutely. Didn't I see somewhere? And I don't know if this is uh, true or not. Did you? Were you in SOD for a little bit? No, I was never in SOD. But I know all of those guys from when I was when I was little. Yeah. If you if you go back to uh, when I was a kid. You know, my uh, my brother would bring home rock albums and stuff like that, Sabbath and stuff like that. And then he went to school uh, in high school. He went to school with Danny Lilker, and they had a music class. And he was the first bass player for Anthrax. Yeah. So uh, b- before that band even started, my brother was like friends with them. So my brother was going to be their original bass player, like in like 1980 when they were a cover band. So Danny brought a bass over to teach my brother, and I wound up picking it up and. Uh, 
you know, I just knew all those guys. Like the guy Scott from Anthrax, his, his younger brother was my good friend uh, growing up. So, I, you know, that's like uh, how the whole bass thing got introduced to me, basically. You know, and then Danny was like a guy who's into hardcore and like crazy extreme metal. So he was giving me all these records and tapes and stuff like that. So just sort of like took off like that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, that's always like a theme. Like, I feel like there's like, like, especially like when we got into shit, like there was always like someone's like older brother or like some dude you knew that was a couple years older that just kind of like brought you in and, and, and showed you the records and shit that you needed to, that you needed to be exposed to. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, Danny was just like a guy. He's like a very gifted musician. So my brother was in music class with him and they became friends and Danny would like help my brother pass the class because he knew everything when it came to music. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, he was like teaching my brother and I was like, yo, show me, I'm into it. You know what I mean? Just like I was a 10 year, I was like a 10 year old kid yeah, just yeah. picking up the bass and like, you know, I want to learn how to play NID. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So did, did, uh, did, did, did your brother stick with it or did, or was it just, no, not so much, yeah not so much. My, my brother, my brother, like he wanted to like smoke weed, drink beer and pick up girls, you know? Yeah. Cause he was like, he was like 15 or 16. I was like 10. Yeah. yeah so, you yeah. know, I, I didn't even care. I just wanted to like play bass and like, you know, that was it. So, uh, yeah, that wound up being my thing. By the time I was like 12 or 13, I was already playing like a local band, you know, and, uh, played my first gig. I was like 13. Yeah. And then by the time I was like 14 or whatever, I played CDs and started get, you know, going out being involved in the hardcore scene, you know, just weird. It just, you know, at the time you're just having fun and you're like, I, you know, you, you really, what you are is you, you think of the, I thought of myself as a lazy kid that didn't want to take care of his responsibilities. All I wanted to do was like do what I wanted to do. When I look back on it, it's like a really good thing. You know, at the time I was like being a bum playing like punk rock. But in reality, it opened the whole world to me, you know? Yeah, well, you made a career out of it. So you, yeah, you, yeah. in a way, you were kind of tending to your responsibilities, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Just in a, yeah, in a weird way. That, yeah, no, in a way where it was like only what I wanted to do. It was like, I don't care about school or whatever. I like to learn, but don't do the things I wanted to learn. You yeah, know what I mean? absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, that's the problem with school is like they, you know, like, I don't know. I always felt like school should be more like... Obviously, there's basic fundamentals that you got to come out with, right? But like, yeah. it should be more tailored to, like, you know, foster kids' interests. Like, you know, people go in all different directions, and it's like, I feel like kids get stifled more than they get encouraged more than anything. Now, it's, you, you know it's, a, I mean? it's a weird system, you know what I mean? It's a weird system. You feel like you're being completely, like, uh, controlled because, because of the fact that, that they're not encouraging your, your interests most, most of the time anyway, you know? Yeah. Well, the arts, there aren't like the arts really aren't a big deal in, in, in education anymore. Yeah. Unless you, you know, go to like a like, special uh, school. Yeah. Like they, I know they yeah. have some special schools for it, but not everyone has access or has access to yeah. that. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're an anthropologist, man. That's, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I was talking about that before we started rolling tape. That, that's, that's interesting, man. That's yeah. some new, new, new knowledge. I tell you what, playing music though, the beauty of it is I got so many friends all over the world. I mean, you're one of my friends. I like, just meet people and people are cool and like uh, all people with different interests. And it's just, yeah. it's such like a, it, it, it opens the whole world to you. You know, you get, to, you get to know everybody and you get to, you know, you get to see like every corner of the globe. It's, Absolutely. it's really a great, it's really a great thing, you know? 
Yeah, and and especially like you, you just said you you played your first show at CB's when you were fourteen. Like, you know, for me, it's kind of the same. I was a little bit older. I played my first show at the Rat, which was like basically the CBGBs of Boston when I was sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I know the Rat. The first time yeah. I played the Rat, I was sixteen too. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yep. we played there with a slap shot and uppercut. And you know, the, okay. thing, the thing is, is my like, first gig at the Rat was was I was sixteen and played with slap shot also. Nice, nice. <laughs> but uh, you know, and it's, it's the crazy thing is like, you know, you get more, you, like think about the street, the education you got on running around on the streets and, and playing shows oh, and like yeah. and, and music venues that like you couldn't even you couldn't even legally get into except you were playing the show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know? totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, unless it, the, unless it was all ages shows, but you know, but otherwise, the, the old, at Stevie's you had to be sixteen to get in, and I was underage. And, uh, you know, all the younger kids, like when a band like, like crippled youth, which you would turn out to be bold yeah, yeah. when they would play, when they would play, they, my mother was the mother that would act like she was everybody's, well, yeah, he can play. Don't worry. He's like 14, 13. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. They could play. <laughs> They'd all call my mom. They'd go, can you use your mom? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. call my mom. <laughs> so she was the one to like vouch. They had to like call your house to make sure you could play being a bar when you were 16, 15 or whatever. That's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had the cool mom that was like fostering the arts. Um, my mom is my mom is the best. My mom, you know, your mom's responsible, you know, partly responsible for youth crew uh, hardcore in New York. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, like I I know my mom's history, but in the last few years we've been having conversations. And my mother, when she was like seventeen, she left Germany and she went and traveled. And her whole thing was travel, travel, travel. She worked for the for the royal family in England as a nanny. Wow. And she went to all, all these different places and did all these jobs just because she wanted to see the world. And she came to New York and, uh, and, and, and met my father and had myself and my brother. And then her traveling stopped. But it's just kind of strange because that traveling bug, I realize now, came from her. Yeah. I got that travel bug. I totally got it from her. Yeah, and she was probably supportive of it, especially in the early days. Oh, yeah. When I started, she was like, you know, go, 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 go. She's like, you know, here's money to go on the subway if you got to go see a band rehearsal. It was like 50 cents for the train. You know what I mean? If I had no money, I was like 14. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. She was totally supportive, which is always cool. She was always really nice to me. She bought my old red bass, my first uh, real bass. So, like, you know, we didn't have money, and she's like, go buy it. You know, this is a good thing for you to do. So she got it totally, you know? Yeah. I wonder if that's just kind of like a European perspective, you know, cause it feels like they travel a lot more to different countries because like for them, like traveling to different countries is like us going to different States and stuff. But is it, you know, is that, I, you know what I mean? Is I think it, so. Yeah. I think so. I, I think that like people in, in Europe are, are way more travel oriented than people in America for the most part, you know, yeah. not across the board. Of course. I mean, people on the coast travel a lot. You know what I mean? In the middle of America, maybe is not quite as uh, as travel oriented. You know, but with the way things are now, who knows how travel? Can yeah, be. yeah. Who it's knows? Kinda, <laughs> it's kind of freaking me out. This whole thing, you know. I I, I know it's it's got to be as a musician. It's like because even me, like you know, like I'm like you know the 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 one year history came up like last week of like the last show I was at it like you know like when uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever just shows you some shit from your timeline and it was like yeah, yeah. Mar March 17th was the was a uh, Murphy's law that was like that's the last show I was at you know the lockdown oh, was hell of, the next day you know what I mean it's fucking crazy how hell, hell of a fucking last show though Murphy's yeah, law yeah, doesn't, get better, doesn't get better yeah no absolutely but but um you know, just just hearing your intro like hearing that hearing that intro yeah yeah I get I, I think about all that I get so excited it's like I get this adrenaline rush it's like man I need that in my life you know 
I know, I know. And and that's, that's it. And that's what I was like. I was like, I was like, you know, when I was a kid, like, you know, I was a straight edge dude, but like, you know, everyone loved Murphy's Law. And like, to me, that was one everybody. Of, that was one of the hardest intros. And like, for some reason, I don't feel like that gets its dues as like a hard intro. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm using oh, that on the podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm oh, like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. It's great. <laughs> Best live band ever. Oh yeah, the, the you know definitely one of the the funnest shows you can ever go to. You never have a bad time at a Murphy's Law show because yeah, even yeah. if all hell breaks loose or like the fucking PA breaks or shit goes wrong, like Jimmy's gonna make sure you have a good time. You know? Oh yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a story you can tell for the next thirty years. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and Murphy's Law would play out here like in Providence and Boston pretty regularly. I've I it's probably the band I've seen more times than than anybody. You know, like because. Uh-huh. Because they've they've never stopped either, really. You know, for any significant length of time, they just kept They're great going the whole time. So you're 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 originally a Boston guy. Yeah. Yep. 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 And uh, yeah, I was in I was in Providence. I lived in Providence for like six months in the nineties. You know, just for a little while. Oh yeah, no, but I was I was down there just as much because you probably remember in the nineties, like you'd go to the Boston show one day and the Providence show the next day, and there was absolutely enough, and there was like, enough kids to go to both. Yeah, yeah, I, that's where yeah. I, I cut my teeth at the Rat and Babyhead, dude. I was at Babyhead yeah, all yeah. the time. You know, um, we probably was at a lot of the same shit. Oh yeah, all those guys like you know Big Jeff that ran Babyhead. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's ran, my boy. Ran, ran yeah. Jeff's my boy as well, man. Jeff's yeah. my old friend, and Johnny, like Johnny the Skater, Johnny yeah. Kardash, all those guys. Yeah. yeah, all those guys are my those are my people. In cycle, Back in the nineties, I dated a girl. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. yeah. I dated a girl there, so like I made friends with all the skater guys. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 No, those are good times back then too. Oh I yeah. Up, oh yeah. I ended up working yeah. there for I I did I did security at Babyhead a few times and then okay. uh, later on when it became Club Hell, uh, me and my boy Jimmy were like the door guys there for years. And uh, all right, all right. So yeah, man, I, I was I was down in Providence a lot. We'd go down to Newport and see Verbal Assault at the Blue Pelican. Yep, yep, yeah, I love Verbal Assault. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. great! Remember the Skate Hut? The, the skate, skate Hut, hut? yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, and fucking, you know, you know, it's just you know, it's good times, man. You, we just bounce around everywhere, dude. You know, it was it was good because uh, because you know when we were kids, we lived in a, a city called New Bedford, and it was like literally in between you know Boston and Providence. So we'd go to everything, you know, and. Yeah, and we just go to Connecticut. Connecticut, we go to whole, New York, whatever. This whole like no traveling thing and all the things they potentially talk about happening with, with you know the future of, you know like like free uh, movement coming back. It kind of freaks me out because my whole life was just you know combing the earth and just you know nomading around. It's just yeah. strange to be to be kind of held down. You know, it's like freedom. You know what I mean? I just want to no. go about my life and walk the earth you know what i mean well because sick of it all you guys tour pretty you have a pretty hectic tour schedule a lot right like yeah yeah non-stop we'd be out there like eight months out of the year just constantly grinding you know it's weird to be home the, but i tell you what a lot, a lot of my injuries heal so that's good you know yeah what I mean? yeah yeah you know i feel like it is a good it was you know it was a good break you know, but I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. Right, it's fucking. I'm over, ready. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go now, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, if, yeah if, give me a give me a give me a paddle and throw me out on a, on a, on a, on a like a you know like a telephone pole and I'll 
go let me go yeah absolutely and you know it was different for me because somehow motorcycle stuff like repair shops just fell under like essential services so we didn't shut down a day you know so like i worked every day it wasn't so it wasn't you know it wasn't too different for me other than we didn't go do the shows like we didn't go do the the motorcycle shows and you know like and you know our band we didn't get to play and i didn't i just didn't get to go to fucking shows and see my friends which was the 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 most important thing you know which i love doing and and and, and what a what a great job though like building bikes i mean it's just amazing it's like everything man you know obviously yeah obviously yeah fuck yeah like i you know but it's like anything dude because here's the thing like when when you when you have a shop and it's you know you know we have a parts counter we got a showroom we got the and then the shop in the back i'm not gonna lie i I like it and I love it. No, I love it. It's in my blood, but I liked it a little bit more when we had just like a closed fabrication shop and we were just building bikes and chipping them all over and stuff. Like, um, yeah, it was, yeah. cause it was just honestly, cause it was just a little more freedom. I could shut the doors and go take a ride or say, fuck it, you know, all right, we're going to do this and that. But like, like having a storefront, like you just have to, yeah. you, you have to be consistent and have to stay open. And you know, you yeah, the retail end, the retail end requires more of a, of a, of a, of a steady thing that, yeah constant you know yeah and that's all i'm saying and i'm not bitching about it at all i'm just saying like that part of it feels like it just takes a little bit away from the freedom part of it and like that's why i got a bunch of friends with you know that that build bikes and do shops i'm like dude just keep it closed just keep it like like a like a like a like a fabrication shop like don't 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 do the showroom shit dude like it's not as it's not as worthwhile you know what i mean because it takes away yeah. a little bit of your freedom because you, you know you, you just can't lock up and go like you like you could before but you know fabricate fabricating like gotta be satisfying though yeah it's cool man it, it's fun and, and and that's what i like to do but that's the thing I, I i'm so busy running around running around the front running around you know handling the business end of things and handling you know people coming in and 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 uh and then you know trying to build bikes and this and that it's like it was way more when when we could just shut the doors like you know sundays i'll come in sometimes so i can just do fab work with like without being disturbed um, because it's, it's one of those things with like fabrication stuff. It's hard to get like, you're in, you start getting in the zone on something and then like someone comes in and you got to stop and then you got to try and get back into it and you know, this and that. Yeah, totally. Know. Totally. You like lock into a focus with that for sure. Yeah. And then it just breaks it. So, you know, and believe me to everyone listening, I'm not bitching. I'm just, just saying the realities of things like, you know, and it's, it's all, you know. At the Maybe end of the day, I love it. I could be doing. Yeah. I could be doing a lot more lucrative things with my time than this. You know, I'd love this, yeah. so I'd do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> making, making, making a living off something that your passion is the greatest thing. You know, absolutely, man. And and that's why I got so much respect for for guys like you and and you know a bunch of guys that I know that are torn musicians. And that's why this whole time through this COVID shit, I'm like, yo, go on motherfuckers' websites and buy merch and do everything you can. Buy records, fucking. You know, don't don't just listen to shit on Spotify like buy physical copies of shit and support these bands because you know don't take it for granted that they're going to be here when the smoke clears like obviously some bands are too big to fail you know what i mean like you guys are going to be like other bands are going to be here but there's going to be other bands that you know don't make it and you 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 might never get a chance to see them you know because yeah they didn't get i'm just i'm just waiting and hoping there's something left not just all ashes you know what i mean meaning like uh, places to play and things like that you know what i mean that's the scary shit. Like in Boston, yeah. like right now, like the, the Middle East is up for sale and a lot of the other venues have closed down and uh, like once ballroom and, you know, different, different places of, you know, different venues have already closed. And it's like, yeah, the and, Middle East is like the tradition. You know what I mean? I know. It's like, if that place, crazy. 
I mean, they're asking a lot of money and, 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 you know, obviously like commercial real estate's going to be taking a little hit for a while. So, you know, yeah. and, and it's like no diss to them, but I hope it doesn't sell for a while. And, and, you know, I hope they just open back up and when, when, when it makes sense to open back up and stop rocking again, because we, we need that shit, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, but who knows how many venues across the country are permanently shut down? Because you're saying up to like 40% of all U.S. small businesses are permanently out of business from this, you know? It's crazy. Bananas. The world's, when the smoke clears and we get back to it, like, you know, it's going to be a different place, man. It's going to be a different landscape out there. And, you know, but you know what? Maybe there's going to be opportunities. Maybe there's going to be opportunities to buy stuff cheap and there's going to be more DIY, like independent venues and shit like that. I mean, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. You know, what are you going to, it is what it is. And, you know, it's, uh, what's going to be done is what's going to be done. It's almost like you can't stop the, uh, you know, you can't stop the freight train, but, uh, yeah, you, you can, you can, you can try to work around it as best you can, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gives you more time to ride. It's been cold, I guess. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull, a, I'm gonna pull Tony. You know, I have a, a tiger, a Triumph tiger, so I yeah. call him Tony, like, Tony, like yeah. Tony, the, Tony the tiger. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull Tony. I'm gonna pull Tony out and put his battery in and then start riding soon. It's starting to get warm enough. I can't wait. Yeah, it like I think it almost like touched on sixty today. It was like high fifties at least. You know, it was nice. Yeah, yesterday, I, I, it, yesterday was nice too. In my car when I when I was up in Albany today, when I came uh like you know mid high po- high point of the day, I went to my car. I said it was seventy five, but maybe just maybe that's just because my car was hot, the windows were shut. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like out and about for like an hour. I'm guessing, but yeah, it was warm, man. It was like t shirt weather. I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. This time of year is fucking rad. When I mean, it's weird because in the morning, it's like I go to the gym in the morning. It's still like twenty five, thirty degrees, so you're a little chilly. Then, but yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. midday, you're taking everything off and just back into a t shirt, and you're fine. Yeah, I usually go to the gym. I work out like eleven a.m. fast too. I don't take. I I do like fast workouts. You know what I mean? I just like I try to take no rest and just blaze right through it. This way, like afterwards, I'm all pumped up for the rest of the day. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, I go, I go at like seven. <laughs> oh man, I know it sucks, but yeah, it's the only like I'm that guy. Like if I don't go in the morning and I start the day, like I ain't going. You know what I mean? Like there's like too much yeah, shit going yeah, on. Yeah. So I, yeah, you once you get in it, you're in it. You know? Absolutely. So I got to do it. I tell you, at like seven, eight in the morning, though, I feel like I have no strength. Like I remember we were doing this out. We were doing one of our albums, like that Yours Truly album. Yep. And we'd start at like 9 a.m. So we'd get up at like 7 and go to this gym that was like down the block. And I, I would be like lifting weights at, the, at that point. And I had like half the strength because I wasn't even awake. I was like, damn, yeah. I can't like, I can't do anything. I have to wait till I'm awake more, you know? Yeah, well, you just need a good pre-workout, <laughs> pre-workout drink or something to get you. Get your yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Blast, blast a couple uh, shots of espresso, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, there you go. But yeah, you, I, I, I can't even fuck with some of those pre-workouts, especially the ones with like stimulants in them. I'm like all fucking, oh, I, I'll like, much, be like jittery much. and fucking shaky all day and shit. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to weld. I can't make these shitty welds with like fucking jittery hands, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I used to mess with some of these things that they had like uh, maybe 15 years ago for boxing, you know, and I would like try to be really, uh, have a lot of energy for workouts just yeah. to train. And I would take these things. I forget there was this one. I forget that what the hell it was called. But I would take it and I would get all itchy. My my skin would itch like crazy. But yeah. I would have so much I'd have so much energy that it was just insane, you know. But I would itch like really bad. <laughs> I think I, and, think, uh, like, I think that's called methamphetamine, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 who knows? <laughs> but I, I tell you what, when I would mess with that stuff, 
like on days when I was tired, I would like, you know, like drink some of it or whatever. This stuff would blast me out, man. It was wow. just crazy. It's probably stuff that had like a Fedra in it or all the shit that's like banned yeah, now. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's probably illegal now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, what's what's going on? I know that you had like a, you know, like a, 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 a kind of like a, not side career, but you had another life where you were like serious about boxing. Like what, what's, uh, are you still boxing? Uh, well, the, the boxing thing was always my hobby. So yeah. uh, when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, I got introduced to the sport by my friend, my friend's family. And uh, my friend's uncle was a welterweight champion in the 50s, Billy Graham. So my friend's father was the deputy commissioner of the New York State Athletic Commission. So they were like a boxing family. And I never cared about that. I just wanted to play hardcore. And then I started going to the fights and I got into it and I just fell in love with it. It's like one of those things, like once you get that bug, it's like you got it for life. So I, I tried my hand at it, you know, and I, I my friend's father, who, who was a boxing guy, and his uncle, who was a, a champion, you know, they kind of like guided me a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I was always touring with my music, so I didn't really get to do much in the way of, you know, competing and all that. But I fought in the gyms, uh, you know, around Queens and, 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 you know, around New York. And uh, I would, you know, get help guys get ready for tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, I just absolutely loved the sport, you know. It was like a gym rat, you know what I mean, basically. Yeah, well. But uh, uh, for a while, I was a coach for a few years, you know. I was a, I was a sparring partner for a lot of guys. and Just, you know, I just absolutely love the sport, you know. Yeah. Also a great way to stay in shape for, like, for like being on tour and shit, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Problem you know, is you. Oh, go ahead. You come back from tour and you get your ass, you get your fucking ass handed to you because you're at, you know, you're not in shape. You come back, yeah, yeah you come yeah. back, you jump in there, you start getting, you get beat down for two or three weeks, so you get in better shape. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, at this age, um, I'm not really. Uh, I, I still train, but not like I used to. I'm not like fighting with anybody. I'm not sparring hard or anything like that. So yeah. you know, the 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 the, uh, the urgent threat isn't there. So I'm not like running till I puke every day or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I I I absolutely I have a, a strong love for the sport. I love the science of boxing and like all the training and the, and the tactics. You know, I was a I was good as a coach because I, I can I can I can uh, I know how to teach fundamentals and how to drill them in and how to put things together. So I always felt like. If, you know, as a coach, I felt really like I was, I was pretty good as a coach, you know, yeah. if I could fight, if I always said like, if I could fight as good as I could corner somebody, man, I would have been something. Yeah. So are you, are you, uh, are you still coaching or is that something you're going to get? No, nah, not, not lately. We got the band was so busy over the last like decade yeah. that, uh, I, I, you know, all, all the, I was, I was a coach, uh, under my coach, a guy named Ed O'Boyle. He has a place called competitive edge athletics. So I was a coach there. But as these kids that were fighting in the Golden Gloves uh, got older, they wound up turning professional and they had to like, you know, work at the gym to make money so they could train and have their career. So I kind of just stepped back since I had my own career in music, you know, give these guys a chance and not, not you know, uh, sponge up all the clients. So I kind of stepped back, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, just to kind of. Right, right thing. Yeah, right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you know, the other thing is just not for nothing to boxing, especially back in the day is a good way just to stay in shape for like going to hardcore shows. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hey, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be fit. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. But oh, you know what I'm thinking about doing now? Uh, my, my place, my place up here at my farm, I've been talking about this for years and I've never done it. I have a ring 
that my uh, my my friend who was my coach Ed O'Boyle gave me, and uh, it's sitting in my barn, and my barn just has a dirt floor. I want to run electric to it, uh, concrete it, and and build like a boxing and fitness facility in there. Nice, yeah, that'd be right. Like private training and like boxing seminars and yeah, you know things like that. It's an idea I have, you know. Yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. I, and I bet you'd get good clientele, like because just I, just having a ring is, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know. I think I don't know if it's going to be a you know. It would be something I would enjoy, and hopefully, it would pay for itself. You know, but um, it's just a matter. I never had the time with all the touring, and now that we've been home, I I think I could actually do it. Now that I actually have some time on my hands, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and even for you, it'd be good just to go out and be able to hit bags, or you know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, do yeah. I love that. I, I've, I've been lifting weights a lot, but with the punching, I have an elbow injury. I got a few injuries. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring those back, but you know, yeah, it happens, man. You get banged up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been doing the same thing, dude. I've been, I've been weight training like f- five, six days a week and it's just, oh, like, hell yeah. and it's good. And I, I get, I do it for like stress reduction, but I tell you what, like, you know, you just feel tight. Like I gotta, I gotta do some more shit. That's just more about like, I gotta just work more stretching. And I know it cause I'm just being dumb. You know, I'm too, too old to just be going hard and not, not stretching, man. You know what I mean? No, stretching's key. I, I know exactly what I mean. Cause like when I don't stretch, I feel like I'm, I'm an old man. And then when I stretch, if I stretch regularly for a few weeks or months, I'm like, Oh shit, I can bounce around again. Everything's good. Yeah. 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 I gotta get more <laughs> of that stuff. I, I gotta do the diamond Dallas page yoga. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that'll work. That'll work. But hey, you know what I was going to say is, uh, next time you guys are out, if you next time you play in Boston or you just happen to be around, let me know. I'll bring you over to my brother Ty's gym. He's got a, a gym in in, uh, in in Boston that is fucking nasty. He's got a ring in it. It's he's more set up. He does a lot of uh, like uh, Chinese kickboxing and like Mongolian okay. wrestling. But he's uh, like he does a lot of sand stuff. And um, but he's like a, a like a like a big dude in that world, and he does a lot of training. But he has a he has like this rad fucking gym. It's just called Sandow Fighter Knots, and he's got a nice ring, and he's got a, you know, yeah, I'll check that out for sure. But you, you, I think you dig it. You know, I'll definitely uh, swing you by there when when uh, when you guys are out next time, and hopefully it's soon. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I hope it's soon. I, I feel like it's not going to be to fall, but I I don't know. Like, you know, it's just my my guess is that yeah, while it's cold, you know, until the warm weather gets gets rolling, then hopefully things will start to clean up a little you know i just got to see how it goes you know what i mean yeah it's probably gonna be there's probably you know it's like weird too is like i don't know you know it seems like here they're starting to let venues open but they got all these like weird restrictions like 100 people or this and that and and um and whatnot and it's like you know I don't know how you're going to do social distancing at like a punk rock or a hardcore or a metal show. You yeah, know? absolutely. You're absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's just going to like, after a while, people are just going to kind of get used to being who they are and doing what they do. You yeah. know, you know, and my thing is I think about like, so even tomorrow, if they said, all right, everything's fucking open. Like, I think they got people so fucking scared. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, that's gonna what it is. are people going to come out? Like, you know, they're going to, it's a lot of fear. It's a lot of fear. Yeah, dude, it's it's been a relentless pounding of fear for for over a year. As, like as as much as, mu- as much as it's a virus, it's also an experiment in fear. Is my my take on it? You know what I mean? It's also just a fucking experiment in fucking. <laughs> you know, I I know people. 
I'm not doing this out of disrespect or to come under fire, but uh, this is just facts. If you look at it and you look at these vaccines, none of them are FDA approved. And when you look at, really look at what it is, this is a live clinical trial of these vaccines. Like, who knows what the fuck I, is going to happen? It's fucking scary shit. And I'm not, this isn't conspiracy uh, uh, shit. You don't, you don't have to preface it with me. I, I yeah. agree. And you, you can fucking look on CDC's website and all these sites and, 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 uh, you know, NIH sites. And it says right there, it says, this is experimental. It's not yeah. an FDA approved drug. So, um, who knows if this shit's going to work, you know, and it, it, it may, it may not, it's going to fuck some people it's up. Some people are going to, it's a strange time, man. And the whole, the whole thing is, is, is experimental. You know, none but, of this is, yeah. on, is all uncharted territory. I mean, you work, didn't you, you work for the CDC. I did. I did for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and I you worked, know, you're like, I, I, worked, authority. I worked in the HIV vaccine unit. That's why I know it doesn't take six months to authority. develop a vaccine. Yeah. I'm not an authority, but I just have a little bit of background, you know what I mean? And, and, and working yep. in that field and I know how long it takes and how long it takes to go through FDA approval. And I've read the things like, and, and I can post them. And, and, um, I know, uh, my boy, Bobby Seeger had, had posted them too, like, like right from CDC's website that says like, Hey, these are experimental things they're not they're not fda approved vaccines so just know that when you're thinking about getting it or not and by all means like you're an adult make your choices you know what i mean like and i just don't like when you start hearing mandatory things for something that's not even fda approved like and you know yeah, you got these corporations these pharmaceutical companies making billions of fucking dollars right now thank you thank you brother yes yes yes, yes. that's you know I mean, listen, the only reason that, that, that I've, I'm not talking about this too much is because it's, people are so emotional about it that it's Absolutely. like, you almost just like, you know, okay, you think what you think, I think what I think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so to speak, but, uh, this is really unprecedented, this whole thing. And it's, yeah. uh, it's really strange. And, and that's know, what all I'm this, saying is I'm not even putting an opinion on it. I'm just saying, here are the facts. This is straightforward, you know, t take with it what you do and make it, you make your own choice. Like, you know, cause it's, it's true. It, it is so uh, emotional for people. And I get it because look, I had COVID to me, it was like a head cold. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. And I didn't have any lasting effects, but other people are in the hospital over it. I get that. And I'm not disrespecting anybody. And I, I am not uh, taking away from anyone's personal uh, tragedies of this, but you know what I mean? It's just like... Hundred percent. That's why not like we're sitting here saying, "Oh, it's it's fake." Nobody's saying that. No, no, no. We're just no. we're just we're just saying that the 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 the, the politicizing yes. of a lot of a lot of the things around the perimeter of the, the situation is a lot is something that's kind of alarming. You know, very alarming, and and it's very disheartening to me that so many people are just going along with it, especially people to me that. I feel like that a part of our worlds of like hardcore yes, yes. that we're taught from day one to question authority and question what the fuck is going on. And no one's looking around and seeing what the fuck is going on. They're just buying it. And it's whether it's cause they're milking it, they're milking this fucking staying home on, uh, you know, on fucking never ending, uh, never ending unemployment or whatever it is. And, and it's just, it's crazy. Like, or if they just, the, the main or the, the nonstop brainwashing you know has gotten to people but there's some weird shit going on right now and this weird is shit. free of opinion like look into it for yourself and to me and here is my opinion there's some scary shit going on like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said very alarming shit going on and unprecedented shit going on that's huge huge and uh you know just kind of be aware of shit man like you know yeah man I mean human 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 rights 
constitutional <laughs> rights. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, like, okay, blow those out of the water. They don't matter because we're afraid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it gets, it, 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 just, yeah, there's some alarming stuff going on, you know? And, it, and, that's, not the, and that's not the, and that's not the takeaway from, you know, people being sick. Nope. You know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, what I'm just saying, it, 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 oh, it's ahead. weird. Yeah. What I think what we're saying is that, you know, there's, there's, COVID's real and it's affecting people differently. Some people it's less serious. Some people it's very serious. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's agendas going on. And there's people profiting. A pro- people are profiting. It's been it's been politicized, and people are profiting off this, like insanely profiting off this. And I just say, follow the money trail, and then maybe understand why a lot of fear is being pumped into us because people are profiting off that fear, like like unprecedented amount of fucking profiteering off. And and, and you you can you can follow that that money trail to way before. Oh, absolutely. December of 2019, that money trail, strangely enough, goes back before then. Yeah. Which is really weird. It's almost like, hey, man, predicted the future. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, there you go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few people that, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. It's tough, man, because you start getting into shit. You you want to you want to tell people about what's going on, and then everyone's gonna everyone's gonna label you like some tinfoil shit. And it's like, no, it's actually just real reality, dude. I'm just reading yeah. on what the fuck is going on, and I'm looking into the situation, and and it's not hidden. It's not like people are making jumps and leaps into like fucking saying crazy shit. Like this, all this shit's got paper trails to it. You know what I mean? It's fucking bananas. <laughs> It's like, you know, you know, this is the way I, I kind of put it some, this is the way I can put it. Like when you're like a little kid, like 12 years old or whatever, you realize what a war is. A war isn't two leaders of, of a country, two leaders of two different countries getting pissed at each other and then everybody kills each other. It's a business deal that they sit in an, and you know, they sit in a boardroom and they discuss the terms, they divvy up the pie for this war they're going to create and then they, create a scenario, something to sell to the public, to sell the war, to make it happen. And then everybody gets rich. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. the minute you realize, the minute you're old enough and mature enough to realize that a war is simply a, a created action for a result so everyone can make tons of money and they can not only make money, but they can create scenarios that, you know, uh, satisfy different, different agendas. Yep. You realize you know, a lot of this major stuff that happens to shake the entire world is for profit. Yes. You know, it, it, it's for, just like, just like you're saying power, wealth and control. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. Uh, it's bananas. And I've been writing damn songs about that my whole life, you know, Absolutely. so I, I don't got to apologize. Nope. I don't got to apologize for it. I've been writing songs about nope. it my whole life, you know, and, is that, is, am I, am I, am I, am I, you know, but nowadays, people want to put you in one of two categories when you say anything that doesn't go along with what the television tells you. It's a strange world. Yeah. And you know, that's one thing I've always liked about Sick of It All, and this isn't blowing smoke. It's like literal thing. Like, there's always been an element of that. You know what I mean? Like, like in Sick of It All lyrics, like, you, you know, and it's... Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously you got to fucking think death to tyrants, you know what I mean? But, but, but even before that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, from, from the first record on, there's always been like, you know, you know, injustice system, dude, come on. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and that's the, what, the last album we did right before, like, uh, right before this, I, 
if you read the lyrics to the songs on the last album, it's crazy. It's almost like we prophetic. <laughs> it was prophetic. It was yeah, it's weirdly prophetic. You know, yeah. I'm just sort of like, I listen to the lyrics. I'm like, how did I write this song like a year or two before this happened? How yeah. did I like, it's, it's like, it's crazy to me. I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, it's almost like you're pulling it out of the ether or something. You know what I mean? To a degree. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is like, obviously you're a guy that's, uh, that's worldly, that's in tune with things. You're traveling around, you're meeting people, you're seeing, you're seeing the world and shit that's going on in the world, but you're also seeing the news here, but you're also seeing the news overseas. You know what I mean? And you're, you're, you're you're getting a more balanced perspective so you can read the writing on the wall and it's not even prophetic. You're just writing about what you know and what you see and, 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 and the bullshit, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, the bullshit. Yeah. And once you've opened your eyes a little bit, you know, like any, anybody, like it's pretty easy to follow the trail of bullshit. And you're like, how do people not see this? Like, or, or, or it's not even like, how do they not see it? Cause a lot of people do see it. Just, some motherfuckers don't care. Like, I th- and, and it's hard, boy. What can you do about it? I yeah, mean, what like, can you do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you, the only way something's going to happen is if everybody stands up and says no more. It's got to be some Gandhi shit. It can't just be like, yeah. You know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take bats, and that's not gonna do anything. You know, all that's gonna yeah. do is <clears throat> put you further down, down in the hole. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's why there's been so much uh, political uh, maneuvering to keep people divided up. You know what I mean? <laughs> because uh, yeah, yeah, we're ne- totally. We're, ne- we're never gonna do that right now because you know, like someone has an opinion that you don't like, and all you hate each other now. Whereas before, you'd have a discussion and talk it out. So <laughs> simple, the divide yeah. and conquer thing. So simple. It's like the, it's like. It's ancient, but it totally yeah. works. All it's you like, got to do is just set people against each other, and they never go after the, uh, you know, they never go after like the, uh, the the prisoners are fighting each other, so they never go after the warden. Absolutely, yeah. When when there's more prisoners, uh, and and they could easily take over the prison, they don't because you know it's it's they got to divide it up and uh, fighting over scraps. Yep, and that that's that's pretty much a metaphor. We're uh, pretty good metaphor for. for for the world right yeah. now, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad, you know? Strange. And like, that's what so I was, what about? that's what I was saying before okay. is it's very disheartening that, you know, like more people aren't seeing shit for what it is and they're just following the fucking, the, 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 you know, what's spoon fed to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, my whole life, I, I, I did this weird thing playing music, successful at it, took all these chances, kind of like had no uh, safety net. And, you know, and I was successful and I'm like a middle-aged guy and I've been successful my whole life and I would have continued to be successful. And all of a sudden, not by anything I did, the rug got pulled out from under me. It's a weird thing, you know, but I'll tell you what, you know what I did learn uh, through all this is that I still wake up as I was kind of upset and negative for a while, but now I'm kind of coming around. But what I learned was that I still wake up every morning and look out of my eyes and I'm still me. And I still feel that like I'm like a happy guy and I'm happy to be alive. And I always feel like things are good. So like my disposition, my general demeanor is still me. So no matter what happens, my toes are still tapping. You know what I'm saying? And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to know. Like even like without the music right now, I'm still, I'm still a relatively happy guy and I'm still, you know, pretty positive. So, you know, you learn about yourself, you know what I mean? And that's probably too because you're 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 you you I don't know like you know yourself and you're appreciative. It's it's you you got to still be appreciative of what you got. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and, and take takes you got to take that stock. Be like, yeah, man, there's all this bullshit going on, but guess what? I'm still waking up. I'm in my house. I'm doing this. I'm you know I'm going to this. I'm it's like this. it's like the boxing lessons I learned from getting my face smashed in. It's like yeah. 
get up, keep going. Hey, tomorrow's another day. You kind of, you just keep rolling yeah. through. You just keep, you keep trying, you keep trying. And eventually things turn back around and, and you feel like yourself. You feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I just go on tangents to kind of shake people up, but day by day. Yeah. yeah, still, yeah. You got pissed. You got yeah, pissed sometimes. Yeah, you got to yeah. let it out. Absolutely. And it's just like, shit, wake up motherfuckers. Like fucking, you know, yeah, but uh, that's not how it's not working. Nobody's, I mean, some people are waking up, but they just, don't give what a shit. What are you going to do? Yeah. They, they, they don't, it's not, not even they don't give a shit. It's like, we, we're here talking about it, but like, yeah, well, yeah. what can you, what, what what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like grab the world, shake it and be like, be normal again. And everyone's going to be like, yeah. okay, we're back to normal. It's kind of hard to make it happen. You know, I know the TV and, and the radio is a powerful fucking tool, man. Oh, absolutely. But you know, and it's probably a fruitless or, or like a, you know, pointless uh, exercise, but I do. And I always encourage people to do this. Like, shit you ain't happy with right to your politicians because you know maybe nothing happens from it but somewhere someone's some you know whether it's a secretary or like a uh or an aide or someone's keeping tally of what people are writing them about you know you're putting and, uh, it out there at least you know you're, you're putting, you're it, putting out it out there, there yeah and because yeah. guess what guess who's in their ears all the fucking time lobbyists you know what i mean and oh yeah and and, and you know we need to have the ear because they're more beholden to them than us but even though they're elected to represent us, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, the, the basic fucking conundrum right now, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like legal bribery. Yeah. It's fucking bananas. Like, you know, and it's like, so, so do you get, do you get time to ride? Oh with, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. Working around bikes all the time. Yeah. So, you know, some I'm of it, changing it up. I'm yeah, changing no, absolutely. It up. Yeah. Some of it is customer bikes. You know what I mean? Like when, when, okay. when we finish something, um, but yeah, I mean, I got my bike here and you know, I'll take it out for quick whips. Like during, you know, it's hard to get away. From what do you got? What do, what do you ride? Well, I got, um, I got a few bikes, you know, I got, a, um, okay. a, I got a 56 pan shovel. I got a, uh, oh, yeah. I got a 79, um, just like a 79 straight shovel head. Um, I got, um, my night train, my newest bike is an 04 night train. Uh, it's still carbureted. Um, I got a, I got a trike, a 57, uh, panhead trike, you know, that's a, the, wow. it's, a, it's an old show, yeah. old show trike. Um, those are my, uh, personal bikes. Um, and you know, like, uh, you know, I, I got a couple of shop, uh, show bikes here. Um, and then, you know, but those are, those are my personal rides. My 56 pan shovel, I got to go through it. It's, it's just been sitting a long time. Um, and so I got to go through that, uh, get it back roadworthy. Um, but, but the other ones, um, the trike is like more just fun. Take it up and down the road. It's sketchy as fuck, you know, but my night yeah. train and my, and my shovel head are, are my, my main, my main riders. Um, carburetors like men, they don't like the cold weather. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's, you know what? Well, the extreme cold, but they like the fall. Yeah. You know what I mean, they like, the yeah, fall. the fall's nice. The fall's yeah. super hot, super cold. You got problems, you know what yeah, I mean? No, absolutely. But you know, I, I, uh, I was just out in uh, uh, Austin with the bike. We we a uh, few of us went out for my buddy Sean's wedding, and uh, we took uh, we took our bikes with us, and we were riding all over the place. And it was it was some weird heat wave where it was like a hundred degrees and humid every day. But we were still riding through that. My 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 night train's pretty 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 liable i got i got i'm like looking for for, for a piece of wood as i say this because i'm like <laughs> i'm like yeah my night train's fucking pretty spot on you know but it's like um you know it, it, it was so hot that like 
when you were riding, if I put, my, if we came to a stoplight or something when we were back in oh, the then same, you sweat. Yeah, as long yeah, as you yeah. stay moving, you're good. You yeah, know what I, mean? I put my legs down and I stopped burning my inner thigh on the on the rocker. Oh, you know what I mean? You know that. Yeah, type of yeah, shit. yeah. It was, so, it was running so fucking hot because, uh, but you know, whatever. So you you uh you got a uh a Triumph Tiger like um do you, do you take that thing off or whatever or are you just mostly on the road? Uh, it's mostly on the road, but I, like I hit fire roads and, and like simple trails, no real yeah. single track, but. But yeah. like, in other words, I, I got a couple of riding buddies up here, some guys that I just met in the last couple of years and they're really into riding. So we'll go up to, uh, to like, uh, Vermont and things like that. We're going to do a main trip in, in June. So we'll do like, you know, we're going to start doing overnight. So yeah. we do these long trips and, uh, you know, we'll take some dirt roads, but it's mainly just like, we try to get windy roads, windy high, you know, windy highways and secondary roads. Yeah. And, uh, you know, We'll, we'll hit, we'll hit 10 or 15 miles of dirt. We'll find a nice patch that connects two roads, but, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty fun. I take, take it off road to a degree, but you know, it's more about just not having to stop. You could just go wherever you need to go. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I love it. I mean, I love to ride. I mean, when I come home from tour, all I would think about is, Oh, I just want to get on the bike and ride like for like 12 hours. You know what I mean? It's crazy how addictive riding is, huh? Like once you get into it, it's like bananas, like. And uh, what what got you into riding in the in the first place? I know you rode dirt and stuff before, but like what uh, what got you into getting a street bike? Well, when I was a kid, like I, when I was a kid, the whole dirt thing, I loved it. I just loved riding. It was so much fun. I used to go under the Whitestone Bridge, and I had my little like seventy five, and I would just like do jumps where I'd be like thirty feet in the air, and I would just go <laughs> crazy because when you're like ten years old, twelve years old, you can't get hurt. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, and then, you know, I loved that. And then I got into music and then I got into boxing with the music. And I never really thought about bikes again, even though in the back of my head, it was always like, man, that was so much fun. So what happened was, uh, I had a guy, uh, up here that was renting some space in my barn. He kept his, he kept some, some farm equipment and he, he kept a bunch of his equipment for his job. He was like a contractor. And then he had like this little 250, a little Kawasaki 250, like a, like a, an enduro bike or whatever. And, uh, he was always like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of this thing. I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll ride it around here. Cause I got some acreage. So I'd be like, yeah, I'll ride it in the back and I'll, I'll get, you know, I'll take it into town and stuff like that. Cause it's a little like, you know, like a dual purpose bike. So, uh, I, I picked that thing up and I had so much fun with it, just ripping around that I was like, you know something like this thing's cool, but I want like a real bike. I want a real bike where I can go anywhere and yeah. just go, go, go for days. So I didn't really, you know, I don't know a lot about like street bikes, you know what I mean? Or, or anything like that. I knew a little bit about dirt bikes and, uh, a bunch of friends of mine were always like, yeah, we're going to do a trip. I'm going to pick up an old tiger. I'm going to pick up an old tiger. These guys were all talking about tigers all the time. And, you know, for me, I wanted a bike where I could take it anywhere it needed to go. Dirt, any kind of terrain, you know, comfortable riding positions. I got a bad back and I'm smashed up. So, uh, I just checked out the tiger. I loved it. And I picked one up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was a bunch of other bikes, but I like the positioning of it. Yep. It it handles really well. It, it, you know, it's an all purpose bike. It does everything really well. It's comfortable on the highway. If you're riding, you know, 300 miles, you're good. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's why I was just asking how it, how it did off road, because like, I've been like, thinking about like i live near the woods right and and uh uh-huh. and i always just see these trails and even the fire roads and this and i'm all like oh man i need something to go 
off that shit. Now, I'm 49. I'm not going to get like in the hardcore dirt biking and fucking crazy shit. Like, but oh, you know, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, just something for like the fire roads and like fun shit. You know what I mean? Through the through the woods, through the trails, but like not the hardcore shit. You know, right now. Even though I know I'm so like myself, like I'll probably go full retard and try and do that shit and then really fuck myself up. But you know, yeah, but something like a tiger's good because a tiger's good on the street. Now, my, now my I have like the more street version. You know, I don't okay. have the real skinny. I don't have the real skinny front tire. Yep. But I, but I. I can go on the dirt. I just can't go like hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I can, yeah. I go carefully and I cross across, you know, I go across stuff. If it's bumpy, I just take my time, but I can do all of that stuff. If, if you want to go more hardcore, you can get like a, you know, like a, like a straight up dual purpose bike. If you just want to rip around like somewhat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny. Ah. You no, know what's funny is like, I just looked through cause I remember seeing this. Um, I, I looked through like a, when we were talking about doing, doing this podcast, I looked through, um, you know how, like when you like text someone, like, and, and you forget, then there's like this whole old text stream comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got old conversations from like 2018 where you were talking about that 250. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, look at that. Fucking, uh, and I was like, I was asking about jetting. I had yeah, to rejet it. Yeah, I, yeah. Dude, that was such an, I was laughing about that to myself the other day. I was like, I busted this guy's balls about, about the jetting. What yeah. a pain in the ass that was. That took me like, I had to pull the engine apart like three times to rejet and to jet, to jet that little 250. You got to take the engine half apart. It was such a pain in the ass. Oh my God. And finally I got it. And the thing that was crazy is the air fuel screw. You can't get to it unless you take the engine apart. So I was like, I'm just all guesswork. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so I wound up, I wound up getting one of those extended ones with the little C end, you know, the T handle or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So you could, so you could so, get it. Yeah. yeah. Once I got one of those, I was like, okay, now I can like, I don't have to take the engine apart just to give it a half turn. You know what I mean? And, and, but that thing and, turned, and, and turned that's out what, all right. And that's one of those things you're like, why don't these just come with this fucking thing? Like, why do you it know? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> it was such a pain in the ass. And I'm there with my friend who used to be a Ducati mechanic. Now me, I'm no mechanic. You know, I can do basic stuff, but yeah. you know, I don't got the touch of a mechanic and I'm taking off like the, the air manifold. And he's like, what are you doing? You got to break the end of it. You got to malform it. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, get out of the way. And he, does the same thing I'm doing. He rips at the thing and pulls up. I go, guy, come on. You just did the same shit I did. And he's laughing. He goes, yeah, but I did it where it didn't break. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's, you know, and that's the thing. With that's like, experience. Yeah. But with those, like you said, those little uh, Japanese, those little 250s and stuff like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of bikes like that now. Like, I feel like some of them are being engineered so you can't work on them yourself anymore. Like, you it's know. It's crazy. That thing should be a lawnmower. You should be able to do anything you want to. Yeah. There's like a, it should all be easy access. It should be easy to take apart and pull apart. Yeah. That's the whole beauty. So, I mean, I keep this thing around and I go on the property sometimes and I rip around the 250. I really don't take it anywhere anymore. Yeah, I'll yeah. just if it's mud, if it's muddy out and I feel like I don't I don't mind getting hurt. I'll like oh, I'll just rip <laughs> around for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it must can't be, really take it must, it too must far. be must be a fun bike for yeah for just whipping around the property and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? But but yeah, you know, and it's like. We noticed that like the first time we took an Indian, um, the little Indian, the Scout, right, the the new ones that uh -huh. kind of like the the Indians version of the Sports Sturts. Um, uh -huh. one of those came in for winter storage and then you know we do a deal with winter storage where we'll do like a whole like tune-up spring ready kind of tune-up at the at the end of the season so when you get the bike it's just ready to roll and unbeknownst to me because we're not you know we're, we're mostly harley here like i never 
messed with one of those. Like, dude, to get to the spark plugs, you have to take the gas tank off to get to the air filter. You got to take the air filter off. And then you got to take oh. the top frame rail off to get to the spark plug. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? So I told this guy. Oh, not, why design it like that? so crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, so I told the guy, I go, look, you know, we have to take your frame apart and everything just to get to your spark plugs. Do you want me to put, like, the, the better, you know, longer-lasting, like, quote-unquote, 100,000-mile spark plugs? Or do you want to just put regular plugs in this? And I was like, you know, the, those other ones are a little bit more. Nah, nah, I'm probably going to get rid of the bike. Just put the regular ones in. I was like, all right. But just so you know, you ever bring us in this in again to do, like, a whole tune-up? I'm, not, I'm like, not touching it. No, no. I was, like, I was like, I'm eating it now because, you know, it was my fault. I didn't know what went into to doing the spring-ready, you know, a whole tune-up on this thing next time and if we got to do plugs again you're getting charged by the hour for me to do all this shit you know yeah, I mean? we're, not, rough, doing, we're not, doing the, not doing the regular rate and i'm gonna remember you told me not to put the fucking good plugs in and so yeah, sure yeah, enough yeah, he yeah, ended yeah. up keeping the bike and the next year he's like i know i know just charge me the full thing <laughs> like, yeah, yeah 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 he's gonna apologize yeah. i was like i ain't gonna say it dude but i was like remember i told you to put those fucking good plugs in you know but anyway yeah you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I'm a fairly, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty green. I, I'm a decent rider. Like, you know, I got a couple of years experience, you know, yeah. I got, you know, I, I broke the 10,000 mile mark. So that, that's, you know, that's like a, a little bit of something at least, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, I tell you what, the, uh, fork seals, my fucking fork seals leak. Like it just drives me crazy, man. <laughs> it's like that, that you could go on one ride one day and have leaky fork seals. Like the concept just makes me fucking paranoid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, did Dude, it happen? Did, so it, easy. did it just happen randomly or were you, were you on like a off-roading or something within? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was doing like fire roads and like some simple, like dirt roads for like yeah. 10 miles. I'm like, I do like a three or 400 mile trip, like a full day trip, sun up to sundown. You hit like 10 miles or whatever, 15 miles of dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But man, that's, that's all it takes. That's all it uh, takes. Yeah. Because the tiger is like, I know there's different models of the tigers, but you know, like, you know, they, they are marketed as like on off-road right like I said, yeah but you know, all of that but fork seals fork seals yeah. don't care about that those yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah. you get a little piece of debris in there it's yeah, over it's true it but, sucks man I, so I, I, i'm like all panicked out now i yeah. i bought the little cleaning tool and i got these little sleeves to go over it and all that i'm like oh you yeah, know that's yeah. like this year's that's like this year's paranoia thing. <laughs> but yeah if you um um yeah, dude, like, I, I, yeah, so, you know, long story short, I've been just kind of thinking, I've been debating uh, about doing, like, I was going to go pick up, like, you can get KLRs out here pretty cheap, you know, and, uh, uh -huh. and I, you know, I know everyone's like, well, here's the thing, man, you should just get a dirt bike, because, you know, a KLR, like, isn't going to do the street that good, and it's not going to do the road that, uh, off-road that good, and I'm like, you know, I'm not... I'm not trying to get sponsored by Monster Energy, dude, and doing flips and fucking I, I crazy shit. I know what you're shit. saying. I I'm know just, what you're saying. I just want to fucking cruise around in the woods, man. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't need the highest performance shit, but like, and I get KLRs it. KLRs like, are nice. Yeah, yeah. And you can, get, you can get them out here for like 1500 bucks, you know? And it's like, yeah. but, you know, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just like, how much time do I really gut to? You know what I mean? That's the other thing. It's just more... You know, this was a, this was in my head during COVID when um when my gym was closed and I was hiking in the woods every day. I was like, man, I should just get a little bike and rip around because there's a lot of like dirt roads and 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 trails that are, like aren't like there's a lot of the crazy like in the woods trails too. But there's a lot of just like you know main dirt roads and fun shit. Like you know what I mean? And I'm like, man, it'd be so fun to rip around back here. You know, but maybe I just K K KLRs are nice. Uh, you know, Gavin. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Gavin yeah. from Burn, he's, yeah. he's got a KLR. It's a, it's a fun bike. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can whip that around, this, you know, if you had – I could – my thing was, like, I could ride it to my shop and then take a detour off into the woods for a little bit if I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, uh, like, those those little Honda, like, XR650s, the old carbureted ones, is yeah. it an XR? Is that, those, those are pretty good as well. You know, they're a little more – a little more thin seat, like dirt bikey kind of thing, yeah. but you know, you could, you could smash around on them, you know? Yeah. They all, you know, all, all the manufacturers seem to have theirs. Um, you see the, the one coming out from Harley, the, um, the, the Pan America, which is their, their, their entry into the, uh, on off road. Uh, actually, yeah, I did see that. It looks, it looks badass too. Yeah. You know, my thing is I got to see what it finally, I haven't seen one in person. I've only seen the pictures of it. Um, but I heard they're coming out at like twenty grand, and I'm like, "Damn, dude, that's more, that's more than the BMWs." And the BMWs have been like a mainstay in that world. You can't come out priced higher than them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. But those those BMWs are nice. The the boxer engine, everybody raves about it, but it's so weird. It sticks out so far. If you like, yeah. if the bike goes down on its side, I feel like the engine's just gonna smash the bit. Yeah. And if you put engine guides on that, they're like three feet out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, what what happens if you lay the bike down? Your whole yeah. like your engine just rips apart. It's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I'm green and I don't get it. But it's no, weird to me. You know, honestly, I I don't. That's like the thing you you learn new shit all the time, and there's only so much you can do. Like that's not my lane. Like I I don't know too much about. The, I've never had one of the BMWs. I've never fucked around. I mean, I would assume that with German engineering, they're gonna they're gonna uh, make those rockers a little bit sturdy so that in case that happens, it'll, yeah. it'll hold up. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I would assume. You know what I mean? But who, who, they say they say that those are the best. Uh, those shine when it gets grimy. They say like. That it's, when it gets grimy, that that those uh, those BMWs, that's where they perform best. Like yeah. and like a Tiger, they say. Like I read all these reviews, like especially before I bought a Tiger, I looked at all those other bikes. They're like Tiger does the street well and it does the dirt well, but when it comes to the the, the real grimy dirt, that the uh, the BMW totally takes it over yeah, yeah. over all those adventure bikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was crazy because um. I had gone into there. Was, there used to be a Triumph uh, dealer about twenty minutes from here, and uh, I'd go in there once in a while to get parts if, like, someone brought a new Triumph to us, and I needed to get like factory parts, like you know, uh, like factory replacement parts, like for motor shit. And uh, uh -huh. they had they had they had a they had one in there, a Tiger, but it must have been like the super off road edition. And uh, yeah, 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 it was like an army green. It was it was. It was badass. I was like, man, that thing, it stuck out. And I was like, I'm usually not into bikes like this, but I was like, fuck. But, uh, you know what, the, you know what was it, an 800 or a 12? One of the newer 12s. It must 12s have been, were a little heavy. Yeah. It was a huge bike, though. So it must have been the 12. It must have been the 12 because it was fucking big. I was like, damn, dude. I yeah. Don't, I, don't I, even, I, I was like, I don't even know if I could touch the ground sitting on this fucking thing. You know what I mean? I got the 800 just because I want something. I don't want too, too much weight. You know what I mean? I want yeah. something that's going to. Hey, listen, if for an 800, the thing's, the thing's got a lot of power. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like there's no shortage of power. I could be, I could be doing 95 on the highway with tons of room to go, tons, yeah. you know, tons of headroom. So for an 800, it's a triple. So, you know, it'll shine like in that way. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the triple engines, you know, and, and they give you a shorter first gear now. The last couple of years that they shortened up the first gear. Hmm. So the triple, you know, you think the triple is not going to give you a lot in the front, you know, like right in the beginning. But, uh, 
it actually does pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it does go on the highway, no problems and stuff. It's great. The highway is where it shines. I feel like it's a better road bike than it is for the dirt. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's crazy, right? Because like, you know, like I'm, I'm like kind of old school with a lot of shit. So like, even with cars now, the the power they're getting out of four cylinder engines is fucking bananas. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? It's crazy. Like, and it's like, it's like, you know, they're getting more than the old fucking, you know, big blocks and shit. That's fucking crazy, man. Like. And, uh, I'm so, sitting here. I'm sitting here talking to you like I'm a bike guy. You're like yeah, a veteran bike guy. I'm, no, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's kind of cool. I get to hang out with the big dogs and talk bikes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, if on one of those trips, man, like if you, if you're going through Massachusetts, feel free to cut through. I want to, I want I want let me take that tiger for a quick whip. I want to try it out. <laughs> I, absolutely. Uh, you know, something did this I, year. I'll let you ride uh, any of my probably, bikes. <laughs> I'll plan. I'll pl- I'll plan a trip to Massachusetts just to come see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and are you are you far out of Albany? No, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm about uh forty minutes okay. south of Albany. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm out that way a lot too to see some of the. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right by like you know the Rip Van Winkle Bridge. I'm right. I'm right by there. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, man. So you know curious thing like and not to i'm not to move it out of bikes but we can always come back to bikes but just because i'm sure people be interested in this um you know like you you said um you played your first show like at cb's when you were 14 like like uh like what 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 band was that was that with that wasn't with mayhem was it yeah that was nyc mayhem it was like uh i don't remember the date it was like that it was sometime in 84 i can't remember exactly what day what day the date was now this is like did did NYC Mayhem become straight ahead, or was it? Yeah, that's what, that, that's what happened. It was it was NYC Mayhem. The NYC Mayhem was this band, and when I started going to hardcore shows, yeah, I started going to shows at CBS in like summer '84, and shortly after that, I met Tommy Carroll, who's a singer for Straight Ahead. But at, at the time, yeah, he was the drummer and singer for this band NYC Mayhem. They were sort of like a crossover band. They like played like really fast, like uh, like kind of like speed metal kind of mixed with hardcore it was like this kind of like grindy thing you know yeah so uh i went to one of their rehearsals so i became friends with them and he was like hey join the band this guy this guy's leaving the band the bass player so i joined the band and wrote a bunch of new songs and the band kind of changed into something uh, different yeah. to a degree and uh and then from that we were like you know me and tommy were like why are we even doing this but Tommy's like, I want to sing. I was like, let's just ditch these old songs and go for like what we want to do. And it turned out to be straight ahead. You know, I want more of a straight hardcore style. Nice. Nice. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, like, cause I don't know, like, and I don't know if there's a different scene that, that we're not in touch with, but like when I started going to shows, I was roughly about the same age. You know, I started going, I was a little bit after you, but my first show was 85 and it was suicidal. Okay. Yeah. And Jerry's, yeah, and Jerry's kids. And, uh, good show. That's a good show. Yeah. But I was like 13. It was my summer between eighth grade and freshman year. But I feel like I haven't seen like kids like that at shows in a long time, but I don't know if there's like another scene that I'm just not seeing, you know? Um, maybe, but I hope there is like, you know what I mean? It's fucking bananas. Like, but like, I mean, but Jimmy, did Jimmy ever tell you about that? Like he would go to these shows in Brooklyn and it was like a straight up punk rock scene. He's like, yo, these bands are great. He was telling me about like this whole thing. Jimmy, Jimmy G was telling me about this whole like sub scene in Brooklyn that he like loved. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He talked about that. I had him on the podcast like early on, and and, and I remember him getting into that a little bit for sure. And it's like, and that's the thing is like, you know, guys like you, like and Jimmy, like Jimmy's been around, like he's like, like Jimmy's been around forever. One of the first dudes, you know. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, you know, like it's, it's, Jimmy's the guy that would find something like that too. You know what I mean? Jimmy will sniff around. Next thing he'd always find some whole new thing you know what i mean yeah i've heard i've heard a lot of a ton of good stories about fucking Vinny too with shit like that you know what i mean yeah 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 Vinny was always good to like when i was a little kid he was always nice to me yeah. like i would come i was like a little kid i was like 15 years old and jimmy you know i'd see Vinny and he'd be like hey kid and he like loved me he was super nice to me all yeah. the time you know always tri- always treated me like family just i was just some little kid coming to shows and like it was you know he was really uh really welcoming you know what i mean i try to i try to uh, pay it forward you know and be nice to kids always you know what i mean absolutely but that's Vinny, like to everybody dude like i haven't seen, yeah i don't think anyone's got a bad Vinny story you know that didn't deserve it you know no, I, mean? I got i got i got tons of bad <laughs> yeah, stories. no but, but i'm the, saying but, but, but most they of them go, are, they all got yeah they all got love in them yeah 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 but you know and there's also like you know what i mean like you know that didn't deserve but like he's like that with everybody and he like it's it's amazing to me like how that dude will know so many names. If he doesn't know a name, if he doesn't know your name, he has a nickname for you, and he knows that nickname even if he hasn't seen. Yeah, it in five master years. a nickname. Yeah, master yeah. a nickname. <laughs> and it's, but it's like everywhere. Like everyone has the same kind of thing about Vinny. He's like, yeah, man, he's always been like the best guy to me, and you know, never forgets a face for sure. The, but the dynamic of him and Roger was always funny. Like to see the way those two. It's like oh, a bad marriage. It's, yeah. it's funny shit, man. Yeah, those guys used to make me laugh. Oh yeah, well I mean, and, and how how long were you actually in AF for? Uh, I, I joined AF like in the the end of the summer of '87, so like I'd say the beginning of the fall of '87. Okay, and then uh, we wound the band wound up actually breaking up in uh, in the spring of of '93. So it was like uh, just just around just around six years, yeah, roughly. You so know, you five were, and a half, six years. Yeah, yeah. So you, you seem like I seem like a hundred, but it's yeah. only five and a half to six <laughs> yeah. years. Isn't it weird how like time back then didn't go as fast as it does now? It's really strange. And I don't know if it's just because we're older and we we got impending doom and we know we don't have as much time, but I also just feel like the world moves a lot faster now than it did back. It really back 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 in the the early hardcore days when I was a kid, two years was like twenty feel you know, it was like twenty years is you know, yeah. it's it's just so slow. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and I used to talk. I used to talk to Todd. Todd Youth, rest yeah. his soul, about that. Like, cause recently out in L.A. before he passed, we we were hanging out, and uh, he was like, you know, remember? He's like, I used to hang out with him when I was a kid. You know, he's like, remember when we were kids? He goes, like, he's like, you came into the scene, and I'd already been going to shows for like two years, and it was like this big thing. Like two years was like he's like. I've been going to, he's been going to show since 82. I came in like 84 and he was like, back then two years seemed like a hundred. I'm like, yeah, it's so crazy. Right. Yeah. Like two years, two years now just whips right by. Yeah. Like so much would happen in two years back then. Yeah. Two years would be like, you could write like a novel about two years. And now it seems like it's just like two weeks. You know what I mean? I know. It's like, and it's like back then two years, like, a whole scene could have changed like with a whole changing of the guard. You know what I mean? And it, it, like completely. And it was like, now like, COVID, like a whole COVID's going thing. on two years. Yeah. COVID's going on two it's years. It's crazy. Yeah. But it, it is also, crazy. but it also feels like it's 
the time is going by so fast because now it feels like, like, you know, I don't know. It's fucking weird. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just it's our perspective. It's age. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of early Alzheimer's or something. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. My memory was never great. <laughs> it's weird that I remember more shit, you know, like, it's like weird because you think you don't remember shit, but then someone will say something that spurs shit, and then all of a sudden you get this whole chain of memories, like, unlocked, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. To like, 40 different things. You're like, I forgot about all of this. How did I not remember any of this? That, that, that's when I saw babbling like crazy, and people are like, all right, get this guy away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, go, he's, he's, on, he's on an internal trip right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an old, old man talking about his youth. Yeah. But yeah, but you, you know what the thing is, is like, you know, get involved in, 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 in getting in bands. Like, when did you go on your first tour? Uh, you know, I, I used to play when I was like 15, I would play the tri-state area. Yep. And my brother's, my brother's friends would drive me. I'd be like, listen, I got a gig in three weeks. I'm playing Jersey and Connecticut. You got to take me. You got to take me. And my brother's friend, Joe, Kid Joe Caniglio, he would, a uh, great guy. He lives in the Philippines now. He would always like be like, yeah, kid, I'll take you guys. Because he loved it. Joe would always help us out. That's awesome. So uh, that's how we get around. Or my friend, my friend Tony, my friend Tony Tarangello, rest his soul, he would drive me a lot. He was like my friend from like high school. He was like a senior. I was like in like, I was in like ninth grade or 10th grade. He was like in 12th grade. He would always, he would always take me to the shows because he loved like hardcore, you know, he was like a yeah. hardcore guy. So he would help me out, you know, and, uh, but then when I was like 16, I joined that Youth of Today band and we, we toured the West Coast and we toured down South. And that was the first time I did an extended tour that was more than like a three day weekend. So like 86 was when I first started doing longer tours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. 16, you've already seen the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, spending like, like yeah, spending months out in California and stuff, living in somebody's garage, just so you could yeah. play like fifteen shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was the one. Was was Mike still on drums? Yeah, Mike was uh, the West Coast thing. Mike was a drummer. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there was different drummers. Tommy was the first drummer. Tommy actually did drums for you to today when I first started playing with him. Then uh, Drew, the kid from Bold, played, and then. Uh, Toward the end of my run, my time with them, it was Mike. I only played in that band for like a year. It seemed like so much longer. Yeah, but that's the thing is like a year seemed longer because so much more shit like kind of happened. So much happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, it was formative. It was formative years. You know, like, yeah. This is happening with this band and this guy's playing with them. And now this band's coming through here. It was like every week was like this new adventure, you know? Yeah. No, the reason why I brought that up, because like, I remember I heard Mike on some Mike, jo Mike Judge is great, man. I love Mike. Yeah, he's going to come on. I, I was been talking good to guy, him. Good guy. Good guy. But uh, he was on, I heard him on another podcast. I can't remember which one, but he was talking about some of that tour and like some of the craziness and like, just like, you know, the, the, the van being in a junkyard and having to sleep in the van in a junkyard or some crazy shit. Like, yeah, yeah. That was when I was already out of that band. Okay. You were already gone by then. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't in that one, no, no, yeah. but I heard about it. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing is like all that shit, especially when you're a kid, those things are like, you know, like those things define you. You learn how to deal with crazy situations, like real world situations that a lot of kids our, don't got to deal with. Kids our kids aren't still doing stuff like that. And with this whole COVID thing, are people ever going to do stuff like that again? Or is everybody just going to sit at home and play with their little computer? And like, yeah. what's the, it's a weird thing, man. My, you know, you, you grew up when I did seventies and eighties yep. back then you, you went out when the sun came up and you came home and then when it was dark and you went wild, I would go yeah. 
fuck, fucking wild. wild yeah, yeah. It, I would go wild. Like and I think crazy. part of it is we weren't tethered to a device that was a tracking fucking device. Like, and that wasn't yeah. like a, a, a taking pictures and cameras. Like you could go fucking bananas and be fucking, you could be, like you said, you could be wild and fucking bananas. And you, you like, you like no one, you know, there wasn't like a, video of it so no one can fucking do yeah. nothing you know what i mean like you could and like you know like these kids today i see the way they act sometimes like uh, when i was a kid like if you got out of line like my my older brother his friends right like these guys were friends with my brother and they they liked me but if i like mouthed off too hard to one of my brother's friends oh yeah the kid yeah. would kick the fucking shit out of me yeah absolutely I'm, I'm talking like punch me in the face five times and smack my head off the curb twice you know what yeah. i mean oh yeah you, you go home with a black eye a swollen head and yeah. like you know like one of your teeth missing and you know yeah. you know what the first thing my brother first thing my brother would say to me is i'd be like richie kicked my ass he'd be like what'd you do yeah, he, yeah. What was it what it, was, it wasn't and then he'd call richie he'd be like He'd be like, Richie, he'd be like, oh, he'd be like, he'd be like he mouthed off here, but look, you didn't have to knock a tooth out. You went too far. All right, sorry. I'll yeah. buy him some pizza. All right, cool. <laughs> then Richie comes over. He goes, all right, kid, you know, sorry I've knocked your tooth out, but if you ever talk to me like that again, I'll break your head. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn, you learn You learn lessons. You learn you learned lessons. I don't feel like people are learning lessons today. That's that's probably why you started boxing, man, because you grew up with your friends, older <laughs> brothers. Your, your, your older brother's friends. <laughs> no, I mean. be, yeah, no, no, everyone was cool, but I'm just like, there's, you know, there's a handful of examples where you have these moments where you learn, like, oh, I can't talk shit. To, yeah. I can't talk shit like that because you pay a hard price. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Certain things you learn as a kid. I don't think kids are learning that today. No, and I think the other thing, like we were kind of edging around, and I, and I've said this before, is that the whole just kind of wanderlust is gone. Like, dude, like to be inside was a fucking punishment. Like, if you weren't outside, punishment. it was a punishment to be. You didn't want to, you wanted to be anywhere but home, and now you can't even get kids. You can't pry them out of their fucking room. Weird. Yeah, it's a weird, weird thing, right? It's weird. You can travel the world, you know, from your handheld device, but it ain't really traveling the world. You know, like you, like you're not gonna really experience it the same way yeah you can watch every video ever made about madagascar but you ain't gonna understand madagascar unless you really fucking go there and uh you know so so do that shit like fucking you know what i mean like i'm not saying it i'm not coming down on people i'm like spark that shit up and fucking do it you know what i mean you yeah, go yeah, around yeah. once like you gotta go see shit and do shit like and experience Absolutely. shit for real not just in cyberspace you know it's like and, and that, that being said i gotta take a bike trip down to your shop oh no summer. absolutely come out man we, we well, do what, what, what town what town are you in we're in Freetown, Massachusetts. We're in the woods. It's a, it's an old town, like six, from 1600s type of shit, you know, like Ooh, old, nice. old swamp Yankee town, you know, um, we're about, uh, we're about 40 miles outside of Boston. We're South All of right. Boston. And we're, we're, um, we're, you know, probably 20 minutes from Providence, you know, we're like in the middle, you know, um, I, I'm probably looking, I'm probably looking at like a, like a four hour ride, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe like three, like it takes us like three and a half, th three to three and a half hours to get to Albany from here. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking at three and a half hours then. Not yeah, bad. Yeah. We're, um, you know, I, you know, I know you spent some time in Providence. I don't know if you remember a town in Massachusetts called Fall River. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fall River. Sure. Yeah. We're in right in between Fall River and New Bedford. So it's not. All right. So. Stop. 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 In uh, stop. I don't know if they still have these places in Rhode Island. You used to stop going to like a Portuguese restaurant. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll bring you. I'll bring you with a slamming one out here, dude. Like, super crazy Portuguese food, man. So good. Um, yeah, 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 serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And then uh, the, uh, was, I don't even know where we were going, but uh, I've lost my train of thought, man. We've been talking about a lot of shit, man. It's important shit. And like, I, what I'm saying, but like that rant wasn't meant to like come down on people or like criticize younger kids. It's just more spark some shit, man. Get out there and see the world because it's fucking rad, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just you, the world has changed and you, you know, adventure, man. The, the, yeah. the world's your oyster, man. You got to get out and just experience, you know? You're going to go through some, there's going to be some shitty situations, but I guarantee you, you get through it. And then later in life, those, or even like the next day, that situation's fucking hysterical, but it sucks when you're going through it. But like, you know, it's just you, and you learn from, oh, yeah. you learn from all of that shit. You know what I mean? Like you. you yeah. yeah. It's like agnostic front tours. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 tough, yeah. They're tough, but you learn. You learn. Yeah. I cannot wait. Like I, 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 uh, I, I want to get, I got to get either Vinny or Roger on, but like I kind of want to do both of them together because when they're together, it's way more fucking. Oh, it's so much better. Like when they're bouncing off each other, and it's like, it's so fun, you know. Like I, there's yeah. nothing more I like than sitting in the backstage of that area, like you know, in the green room or whatever, with them two guys talking when they're fucking talking shit. Like it's so fucking funny so when they you get, get rolling. you get you get Gallo in there with the two of them. Oh, he's like absolutely. the referee. He's yeah. not only refereeing, but he's also antagonizing and like lighting the fire. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh. You, you had him on, right? Oh, Gallo came on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want, I, I, I've been, you know, like I've, I haven't reached out to Roger or Vinny yet though, because I really kind of want to wait till the world's open back up and I can just get them both in one room and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the way you want to do it. Absolutely, that's that's been the master plan for that one. Um, but yeah, dude, fucking. So, dude, like, what's what's um what's been you know, dude, you have a a long career. Um, in, in a bunch of different bands and, you know, um, toward the world, like what's been some of like the, I don't know, what's been some of the highlights of that shit, man? If you, th if you think back, what are some of the things that stick out to you? Uh, you know, the, the, going to Europe and playing like, uh, the first time I played one of those big European festivals, you played like the Dynamo and I think it was like 94, like 70,000 people. Yeah. And we're like this, we're like this hardcore band from New York. Before that, it was like, you know, play CBs, play the rat, you know, yeah. uh, out in the, out in LA, you might play a big show. So we get up there and it's outdoors, it's 70,000 people. And we're like looking out, like, what the hell, how did this happen? You know, yeah, just yeah. like kind of, just kind of like looking out, like, this is weird. And then we're just like, you know, something, fuck it. Just go out there. We're just going to go out there and show them what we do. And we just went out there and just ripped it up. And like these people freaked out. They never saw anything like that because, you know, you can get a better band that plays better and sounds better and all that. But New York hardcore, we're going to come out and we're going to, you're going to see something you've never seen before. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. What, what, and uh, it just, it was kind of a proud moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, um, those European festivals, fucking bananas. Cause like, it'll be like Iron Maiden, and like, you know, and then like Dragon Force and then like Madball. And it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. But it makes sense. Everyone loves it. Like, that's the one Something thing. you never see in America. That's what's so yeah. great about Europe. Yeah. And those motherfuckers go do shows and they fucking support and they go out and they're physically there. And we could take a lesson from that, you know, as, Absolutely. as, as just fans out here. Like, fucking show up at shit, man. It's way better than watching shit through your phone. Way better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred times better. And if you're at a show, this is just a little gripe of mine. Watch the fucking show. You don't have to watch it through your fucking phone the whole time. Like, the world doesn't care to see your shaky fucking footage of a fucking show. No one cares. 
Fucking just watch yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. Be there. Be present. Live. Be there. Be you're seeing it live. You don't need to watch it through your fucking screen. I n- I don't get it. I don't get why people do that. And I'm and not coming down. And I'm all not, these people, all of these people need to go see Murphy's Law. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Fucking because you're gonna get beer sprayed all over that phone. You better hope yeah. it's the new iPhone where that's all protected yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? Or you have a life proof. They'll, they'll be it. like, they'll be like, what was I doing at home? This is yeah. great. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's just you know no and and uh, you know I love it like. I'm guilty. I'll take a couple pictures and maybe video like 20 seconds, but I want to be at the show and see the shit. Like, and I don't want to watch yeah. it through a screen. I just like when people are at the show, they're not even fully present. They're more, you know, like, you know, like trying to videotape the whole thing. And I'm like, man, that must be annoying to bands. Like, you know, like kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. It's like, just be there, dude. You're there. Like have fun. Fucking do like, fucking even like ride, phones are dangerous, man. Like riding a bike now, you got to watch, man. People like oh, looking dude. at their damn phones. It's so crazy. Now, what I will say is that I used to ride, you know, I'd do anything I could to ride without a helmet, like in every state, like that has like, uh-huh. you know, no helmet laws. And then even when I'd be here riding, I would ride, I'd put the smallest possible helmet on. But more and more, man, I'm riding with a full face, you know, unless it's like. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It's, it's, unless I'm, it's I'm super afraid, hot, man. humid summer, like then, then, you know, I just put on a three quarter or whatever. Um, but. But yeah, man, I, you know, I'm in the industry. I get the number of people that are come in here with like, you know, uh, where I'm getting insurance jobs in here, like from people that have been in wrecks, you know, on their motorcycles uh-huh. or, or like, you know, someone took a left-hand turn and, you know, from the right-hand lane in front of them and just oh, T-boned yeah, them and that's all the that worst, bullshit. Man. Like people do not pay attention when they're driving anymore, like you said, and it's fucking scary. Everyone's on their fucking phone texting or whatever. You know, it's it's almost a relief now when you see someone like physically holding the phone and talking versus texting, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, right, that, yeah. that person's kind of present, you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, so over the last couple of years, like the number of incidents of people being hit on a motorcycle has gone up pretty much, pretty hard. So I like, you know, not every time, but a lot of the times I'll, I'll, I'll wear a full face now just just cause of that, man. Just, you know what I mean? Like you get hurt, man. You gotta be careful. Like I, I've had a couple little lay downs, nothing heavy, but just even the little ones, you get injuries that last for months, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even if you just come out of a road rash, road rash ain't fun, man. Like that shit. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> I, I went down, I went down in the dirt and then that night it was the night of an Albany show. So like we played like a, like a Valente show and I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I went, I didn't go down hard. I was going 20 miles an hour and landed on my head and my shoulder and hurt my hip. And, you know, like I had that numbness, you know, when you, when you, if you're not really badly hurt, you go down and you're numb. I was numb. So for 24 hours, I'm numb. And I like took a bunch of Advil and my legs all cut open and bleeding and all that. And I see Valente. I'm like, oh, I fell on my bike. He's like, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I played a show. Next day I can't even move my left arm. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, my hip was like all purple. I was like, yeah. oh man, I got hurt. I didn't even realize till I didn't realize till the next day after the show I was like smashed yeah. up. Well, because you had the adrenaline, just, you had the adrenaline of like the accident, and then you did the yeah. adrenaline of a show of doing a show, so it didn't catch up to you to the next day. Yeah, know? as soon as as soon as I went down, I went in the house. They were all like, "Oh, what's the matter with your leg?" I was like cleaning up my leg off with bleeding. They were like, "We gotta go. Come on, we gotta we gotta <laughs> get up there and sound check." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I yeah. took like four Advil and just went went there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's fucking crazy, man. And a full, a helmet, helmet, full face, full face helmets all I'll wear. I ain't just playing around. I don't want to get hurt, man. Because if you go down on, on oh, man, it, yeah, you know, like uh, if you go over the top of the bike, oh, forget yeah. it, man. Yeah. You got to yeah. watch for that, man. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot. A of high side tumble is dangerous, man. Yeah. 
Well, but that's kind of like what we, you know, we do. We do dangerous shit, dude, right? And it's like. There you go. There you go. I try, I try, I try to ride careful. Though. I'm like yeah. very, I try, I try not to put myself in a position where it's anybody else's, where anybody else has the way, the ability to take away what I'm doing. Like, in other words, I try to keep myself in a position where I always have enough time to make a maneuver to get away if something bad happens. Yeah, no, I get it. And and I'm the same way. I think we talked about this the other day when we were talking, like, yeah. I, I used to ride way more aggressively and be like fucking an idiot, like, you know, just super aggressive, like, and, you know, nowadays I'm, I take a little more chill and I do the same thing. I try and create like a big pocket around me if I can, you know what I mean? Yep, a, a yep. Empty space. Cause I, I just don't trust anyone on the road anymore. It's just, I started street, street riding when I was already in my forties. So to me, it's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm a, not a wild man a, yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, yo, I don't want to get hurt, man. Yeah, <laughs> you, the way you, I'm looking at because you can't miss a tour. You know what I mean? Like if you, yeah, if you yeah. get hurt and you're laid out for three weeks, that might be three weeks you're supposed to be like in Asia or some shit. You know what I mean? Like plus smacking on that concrete, man, oof. that doesn't look like it's gonna be. There's like nothing fun about that. Nah, nah, and that I, like scares me. Yeah, but you know, it, it's like you said, you ride smart. You, 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 uh, you, you. Uh, decrease any you you you, you yeah the chances yeah of that shit. You, you, try to take away like i said try to take away anybody else's influence to where you're gonna wind up try yeah, to yeah. create that pocket like you were saying you know yeah just like in the old days when you were going to shows and you knew you had to go through some some areas when it was still rough like you did what you could to minimize the, the <laughs> minimize the uh, chance that's of some it. bullshit happening you know what i mean that's it that's it like that's the, that's you know obviously you know you know, it, was, it sucked then and it was whatever, but I miss some of that stuff. Like when, uh, when cities were dangerous and p part of the danger was just getting to the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Fuck. I got to go by that street, you know, this or that, you know, whatever that, you know, it's like, all right, well, whatever we'll get Dude, playing, playing Detroit back. Oh, Detroit in the eighties. <laughs> Dude, you can like, like, don't walk around the corner. You're like, what do you mean? You look around the corner. There's like some dude with like a, a trench coat, no shoes. You know, he's like, you know, like a homeless dude, and you're like, you're like, yeah, he's got a shotgun. He shot two people last week. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if you walk down that block, he's gonna shoot you and take your money. Like, wow, it's pretty <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was the funniest part of shows is like there was always someone local that would be like, all right, it's cool if you go up there, but don't go, don't go that way, and don't go around that corner, and just go to that store right there. Don't go anywhere else or wherever. Like that used to be the funny shit. You know what I mean? And it was just like, crazy. Yeah. But that's why, we, you know, to me, I always said this, like, and, you know, people probably sick of me hearing it, but, like, motorcycles to me was the next thing outside of punk and hardcore that was loud, fast, dangerous, do-it-yourself, antisocial, all the shit that I, you know, loved. It was just, like, the logical progression or next step. You know? I hear you. I hear you. And with, the, with this whole thing, this whole COVID thing, you get on your bike, you actually feel like you get away from it for a while. Absolutely, like and yeah. that's I'm chomping at the bit to go on some nice Sunday rides and shit because it's, it's you know I work Monday to Saturday, you know what I mean, and I used okay. to work, I used to work Sundays every Sunday, and now I've been kind of taking taking many Sundays off just because you know fucking forty nine, I need a day off, you know what I mean? I hear, you, I hear. You. I'll try to roll down there. I'll try to roll down there on like a uh, a, a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Or come down. On you know, this way, check it out, and we can ride around a little. You know what I mean? Yeah, the other thing too is if you want, we do um, we do bike nights probably start in May. The first, I know it's on a Tuesday, so it might be hard for you. But the first Tuesday of the month, we do bike nights, and we get a bunch of people out here, and we have a good time. We got food and uh, oh, nice, drinks sounds and stuff, good. And that's a good time too, you know. And 
you know, but whenever you want, man, you can come out whenever. It'll be a good time. We'll go, we'll go blast with some little rides and shit. Right. Fucking, and if right, I have my KLR get, by get then. On the tag. Yeah, yeah, get you on the tiger. Check it out. Yeah, and then and uh, if I get the KLR by then, we'll just go uh, we'll go over into the Freetown Forest and go out and get on some of those dirt roads and have a little bit of fun back there. Definitely, and, uh, definitely. But uh, but yeah, man, I know you got to get. Uh, I, I know uh, it's getting a little bit late here. Why don't we do this? Let's anything. Um, oh, actually, I had a question for you from um, from. Uh, one of my uh, Patreon subscribers wanted to know about gear and like what gear you're using nowadays. Um, All right. Like, so I, the, traditionally I always used an Ampeg SVT, like an old, old, all tube SVT through an 810 Ampeg cabinet. So I would always rock that back in the old days. That's like the standard. You can't go wrong with that, you know? Yeah. But we, we in the last, like the last six months we were torn I actually uh, got an endorsement from this company called Dark Glass, and they make a, a base head called a, a, a Dark Glass 900 V2. And I, I, I use that, and it's just, it's great. I mean, the thing sounds so punchy and clear, huh. and uh, I really, really like that. I think for live, that thing can't be beat. And uh, I was able to, to get a lot of punch in my sound, and get some like uh get some like harmonic frequencies that I wasn't able to get for a long time. So I was really pleased with that. Nice. And then this damn virus thing happened and I haven't <laughs> played in a year. But I, I that that was a head that that dark glass uh nine hundred V two is a really nice head. I think that's really good. I, I play around with a Sansamp bass driver sometimes more as a shaping tool just to sort of like uh you know, like you get ahead and it sounds like ninety percent what you want. That that uh that uh Ampeg, I mean, excuse me, the Sansamp bass driver can like you can kind of shape some nice nice low end around it, you know. So nice, yeah. it, I, I play around, you know what I mean? It's, so it's, it's I more like for like act, fine, fine tuning with that. Fine tuning, yeah, yeah. I like uh, active uh, pickups too. Uh, I like act uh, EMG active pickups for playing hardcore, at least, you know. Yeah. Because you get you get so it's so like it's so like loud. They actually hold up, and you can like dominate with those you know what i mean yeah passive man. pickups are great but when you're playing like hardcore blaring loud yeah you can't be heard too easily you know yeah 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 and you, you know you gotta do gi joe head stomp and stuff like that you know? there you go <laughs> there you go my man but yeah come dude. out blasting yeah fuck yeah dude and um but yeah dude so you know we should do another one of these, but we should do it when you come out and we could do face to face and we'll, we'll go for Hell a whip yeah. and then we'll do one of these like where it's live, you know, like where it's like, um, you know, face to face and it'll be fucking ratter, you know, like, uh, that'd be great. Anything else? Uh, I mean, it's tough. Like you guys working on anything or you, you got anything in the works musically? I know it's tough with the we, COVID shit, but like probably a good time for like writing and shit, you know? Yeah. We got a bunch of songs. Pete's writing a million songs. We got a, a I got a bunch of parts and stuff like that. So, you know, a bunch of stuff's been floating around. We haven't put it all together yet, but, uh, you know, I, I did, I, I do like little things on the side with other musicians, like, uh, you know, uh, little cover songs and stuff like that. I, I want to set up my own YouTube channel yeah. to, uh, to put out music with other musicians and just little stuff that I never really had time to do before. Just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, man. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about doing bass lessons as well. Like, you know, like, uh, like teach teaching bass because I, I I like uh 
I, you know, I like playing the instrument. I have a specific way that I not only teach, but a specific way that I play that I think uh, people might be interested in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you were coming up, I know like you had, uh, you know, older friends or friends, older, you know, some of your brother's friends uh, showing you shit. Did you, did you ever take lessons or did you just pick it up just by, you know, sitting there and, and fucking around? Yeah, I never, I never took lessons. I always played by ear, but, uh, you know, I, I, over the years I learned, uh, like a pretty good amount of music theory just, just to, uh, understand the instrument more, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I, I got pretty good chops. Like I know different, different, uh, different styles of music I can play. And, uh, like, you know, I understand the music from like, I understand bass from the piano perspective. In other words, like I understand, uh, uh, music theory, which helps a lot. It's like, a, it's like a shortcut. You know what I mean? It makes, it makes things a little more easy to, to, to understand, you know, you can see something and know exactly what it is. Cause you're like, Oh, that sits within this. Yeah. So, uh, that, that kind of helps with explaining how, how explaining music as well, you know? Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm into it. You know, it's fun. It's like the egghead side of things, you know, but I'm pretty much self taught. I'm self taught, yeah. but you know, I, I also like, uh, yeah, theoretically I know, I know I learned my things, you know? Absolutely. And you know, the cool thing is like bass lessons, like, you know, you could theoretically do that online as well with people, you know, and like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Teach kids anywhere or people whoever wanted to learn anywhere, you know, and, and, and diff different ways of teaching. It depends what people want to learn. If you want to really learn music, like music, how, how the instrument is laid out, how to understand exactly where you are in any situation. I could teach that, but I can also like teach you style stuff. Like, you know, if you want to play aggressive hardcore, how to play that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like different, different, different ways of approaching the instrument. It just depends how deep somebody wants to go, you know? Yeah. Are you prepared if someone says, Hey, I, I really want to learn like Mutron, like punk, or like P-Funk, Funkadelic shit. Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, Mutron I, 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 slappies. <laughs> uh, slap, no, but I, I, you know, I can teach like, uh, I could teach some of some funk and R and B because I know how to play some of that stuff. It's not yeah. my forte though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, here's here's the thing: I can teach that stuff and I can play it, but yeah. I don't play it like a guy that's been playing R and B for sure, thirty yeah. years. I'm just fucking. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like a I'm a, I'm a I'm a rollicking, hard hitting. You know, I'm like a yeah. I'm like a you know, I'm like a bar fighting bass player kind yeah, of absolutely. vibe. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't play like real pretty. I play like real aggressive, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's, you play aggressive music and it should be aggressive. It shouldn't be pretty. Hardcore should never yeah, be yeah. pretty. You know what I mean? Ne never be pretty. <laughs> Unless Armand's singing. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. 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 But you know, um, but yeah. I Only time hardcore's pretty is when Hoyer's up there. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially the new Slim Hoya, dude. How about that shit, man? Yeah, Fuck, wow. Man. <laughs> COVID, man. You know, everyone did different shit, man. That dude just buckled down, started hitting the bags, fucking cleaned up his That's diet, good. and fucking look at him, man. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, he's doing great, man. Shout out to my brother Hoya, fucking. Absolutely, Hoya. Yeah. Base Mafia. <laughs> Base Mafia, yeah. Well, fuck yeah, dude. I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta get him back on. I've, you're like the third bass player I've had. No, fourth place player. I had, um, 
I got. I didn't even realize that that was a running theme on this podcast. I had I had Hoya. I had uh, Johnny Rio from uh, Street Dogs and, okay. and, and and all that. You know what it is. You know what it is. You're, you're, you're a cool guy. Cool people. Yeah. Cool people stick together, <laughs> man. That's the way it goes down. Yeah. My my uh, my boy Bobby that plays bass for the uh, that stoner band Doom Band uh, Trouble. Um, you know. Yeah, man. This bass players fucking. Yeah. The, the bass players. Get love on the fucking Big Truth podcast. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, check out what what are some of the uh, give some of the uh, um, you know, social media. Give some of the plugs so people can find out what's going on with you or sick of it all or you know what what uh, going on. You can go to uh, on Instagram. You got sick of it all NYC. I got my own Instagram, which is uh, Craig Ahead. Check it out. You know, we got sick of it all dot com. Uh, I believe sick of it all has a Facebook thing. I never really looked at Facebook, yeah. but uh, I mess with a little Instagram once in a while. It's like a dirty addiction. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I, actually, you know what? I got, I know we, we, we didn't even talk about this and I got to bring it up I, before we get off here. Um, I know, and I, I know, I know that you're a hardcore New York pizza aficionado. So, and, uh, I need to know where's where's the best pie in New York right now? Where's the best slice? The best real old school New York slice is at Amore Pizza in Flushing Queens. Yeah, yeah. You know, people always talk shit like, "Oh, this that." And the, listen, you want? I grew up in New York. I grew up in Queens in the seventies. You want real deal New York pizza, old school? You go to Amore in Flushing Queens. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that that's the best. Hoy's talking. Hoy's gonna talk shit. The guy, the guy, the guy's from Corona. He's up two hundred feet away from Amore. He's, he's gonna can't, talk shit. Can't, can't believe him. Can't believe him. He's a bass player too. It's like my heart. He's eating his own. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but that shit's important, man. Because like, I feel like it's it's harder to find a good slice now in the city. You know, it's like a. It's way harder. Manhattan pizza is like the, What is there? Yeah, you know, know, it's all like cook, cookie cutter, get it out quick type stuff. You know, when you start seeing all those ninety nine cents a slice, you got to be fucking worried of that. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's like not. Yeah. That's four a.m. That, that was great. Three four a.m. Yeah, it was You're great like, in the eighties. Great in the eighties. Now it's everywhere. Forget yeah. about that. Yeah, I dude, was it you? Uh, was it you that someone used to post pictures from Amore all the time? And I'd be like, motherfuckers, I need to get out there for that shit. That was me and, uh, and Jay, Jay, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you and Jay Seltzer. Yeah. 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 I thought Bundy used to post from there too. Yeah. 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 Bundy's in Amore. Bundy's in Amore guy. Sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Bundy. Bundy's like, Bundy's like Jay's partner at uh, Amore park. Yeah. Yeah. Bundy yeah. knows what's up. Fuck yeah, man. Well, well, you know what? You know, that's important shit. So if you if you're heading anywhere to New York City, make sure you hit up a more if you want some real deal shit. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, you know, go support Sick of It All, buy some Sick of It All merch. And uh if you don't know who Sick of It All is, you know, for shame, you should know who they are. You know, especially if you're listening to this shit. There's no one that listening to this that doesn't know who Sick of It All is, so it doesn't even matter. But go go support, right? Because we need motherfuckers to come back hard. We need motherfuckers to come back soon. Support your local venues, fucking, when they open back up. Just get back into the habit of fucking living life and being involved in shit and, and participating in life and not participating from your bedroom on your fucking Instagram or your fucking uh, whatever, Messenger or whatever fucking shit you're looking at on your phone. Um, get back into life because that's going to be important, man. we got to show these motherfuckers that, you know... We still got spirit. We want to live and be out there and do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But fuck yeah, man. Thank you. Um, I'm going to shut this off here. Um, I can't. Right, wait, I can't wait to take a ride and then and then talk in, in person with this. But uh, hold on, let me shut this off.